Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk USA. Are you tired of waiting for change? Tune in to Blog Talk USA. Let your voice be heard on Blog Talk USA. Do you want the best rates on term life insurance? Then remember this number, 800-989-1415. Protect your family with $250,000 or more in term life insurance coverage and save up to 75%. Rates are lower than they have ever been. So now is the best time to protect your family with quality term life insurance. Call now for your free quote, 800-989-1415 rated insurance companies to get you the best rates from companies you can count on. So don't wait any longer. Call now for the lowest rates ever and save up to 75%. Even if you have term life insurance, you can always add more coverage. If you don't, have term life insurance protect your family today. The call is free. Call term direct now. 800-989-1415. 800-989-1415. 800-989-1415. 1415 The homeless is still homeless The poor is still poor Yet we find billions of dollars to fund senseless war And yes, we're fighting terrorism What about the quiet races Dividing among ourselves Somebody's crying for help Heaven is listening Heaven is watching Heaven knows May not play this on the radio. Oh, the devil don't want you to do Hello, hello. How you doing, Bishop? Hello, how are you doing? Welcome to the I'm well. I'm your host, Bishop L.J. Guillory. We got the real Rick Ross in the house. What's going on with yes, you, Rick? Sir. Man, Bishop, I'm running around the, the, the country. Uh, I don't know, my heart is heavy right now, Bishop. Uh, I, I saw. I saw something coming, and uh, at first I was scared to 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 speak out about it because I, I I was worried about what people would say about me. I was worried about being looked at as a a kook or a whack. And teen, um, I went on Vlad TV and and I started telling people what 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 I saw and what I learned from these two doctors that I met. Um, 
they they started educating me on on this uh, epidemic that was going on in China, and, and uh, I was getting ready to go over to China right before it broke out. A friend had invited me over to go over and get some packaging done for for some product, and uh, she was telling me that we could get it done cheaper, and she was gonna pay my way over, and and she has a house over there and everything, and and everything it was gonna be a free trip. I was gonna go over there and and, and get a lesson, and uh, I was on a speaking engagement. Uh, and I saw the epidemic break out over there, and I was like, wow, I'm glad I didn't go over there. Wow. And I started thinking about, had I been over there, what type of situation that would have been. But then I started to think, well, how many people from over here go to China all the time? Right. And what's going to happen when one of them bring it back here? You know, a lot of the people don't know, uh, Rick Ross is the original Rick Ross freeway Rick Ross, uh, before the uh, Correctional Guard decided to get a name, his name, and use it uh, and drag people to a plethora of music uh, on the reputation that the career Rick had. And uh, those of you have, who have seen the movies, uh, the documentaries done with Fruit Rick, uh, myself and Coach Ward, uh, they've known, we've known Rick for a very, very long time. Rick was a multi-millionaire riding a bike, looking like a normal person back in the day, <laughs> and had millions and millions uh, stacked up. Many of you that have read and found out that the CIA brought crack cocaine into the uh, black communities, uh, Rick was directly involved with helping to uh, prove uh, on something that even the Congress when they opened hearings, couldn't prove, but Rick was able through his dealings to prove that the CIA brought crack cocaine in our communities. And, you know, since then, since his release from prison, the second time, um, Rick has been out there advocating for the people, teaching the people, and exposing what hand the government has in and marginalizing our community. I mean, from Pro to to the modern day uh, destroy every black politician. He's very close with Maxine Waters, he and Coach. They stand in the gap uh, for our community. And it didn't surprise me when I heard that Rick had information and he was out uh, dispelling even information that the White House was putting out. Rick, when you talk to your friends over in, in China and they told you that uh, it was much worse than even our media knew. Uh, did you try to go to the secular media and warn uh, the people? I have. I have. Um, uh, I, I've been all over the place. Bishop Jones, I, I finally got Bishop to listen to me about a month ago. Mm -hmm. um, but it's been really tough. You know, I talked to Jesse Katz, who wrote uh, numerous stories about me, including one where uh, he wrote a story when I was in prison and I told him that I would be getting out and he thought I'd lost my mind. Um, right. I talked to him. I talked to Mike Sager from Esquire magazine. I called uh, Ryan uh, Young from CNN. I mean, I mean, I got a list of media contacts that would, would baffle most people in my phone. Uh, uh, I got like 14,000 numbers in my phone and most of them are media contacts. But uh, uh, so far, I had very little luck. Uh, I was able to get Vlad TV, which is a, a, a internet website, 
on right. March the, the 17th to uh, allow me to come in and do a public announcement. And in that announcement, if, if people think that I'm crazy, uh, they could go and, and see that uh, that interview. And I told them. <laughs> I, I think nobody thinks you're crazy that, that, that has an eye and that has an ear, Rick. I think that what has happened is secular media has gotten to bed with the government and only certain stations and networks are willing to put the truth out there, partially because some people can accept it or can't handle it. And then the other part is, you know, they, they do want, they have said that they want to uh, uh, margin they want to population control as other countries have been doing for years. Our country, which is supposed to be a democracy, it would be unfathomable to do uh, population control. But when we heard the president say that elderly people who are the most vulnerable have lived their lives anyway, to have you to come out and say something that would make people look at him the way they're looking at him anyway now. But uh, at that time, they weren't ready for it. But you, 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 you should know that any time that you want to have some airplay, you have an opportunity to come on this show, and then anytime you want to fly to Washington, D.C., I will open up the National Press Club to you. And that will get to all of the media outlets around the member of the National Press Club. Some of the information that you and the doctor have been uh, delivering, not just to Richard Jones, but I know that you're real busy. Coach Ward said, you've been busy, busy, busy. I try to get in contact with you. So tell us what you're telling the people. Well, uh, when, when when I talked to to the doctor and, and he was telling me uh, things that this virus loved, you know, diabetes, high blood pressure, uh, um, obesity, um, what else did he say? Uh, dialysis. People who were on dialysis. Uh, w- when I thought about it, I was like, oh my god, that's my people. That's my people. You know, that's <laughs> my brother. My brother's obesity. Uh, yeah. My little brother is, is bad heart because he, he, he likes pork and, and greasy foods and french fries. and I'm like, they talking about my brothers. They talking right. about my cousin. Right. Uh, so so what I did is is I went to the, the, the media anywhere that I could, and, and I started speaking out about it, that, that it was going to hit the black community hard. And it was so crazy that when I first started speaking, you know, uh, my friends were telling me that uh, blacks were immune. Well, it doesn't affect blacks. And I say, no, it doesn't affect blacks yet because it hasn't gotten in our community. Uh, what I thought was going to be a good thing is that it was going to hit us later on in, 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 the, in the wave. You know, the wave wasn't going to hit our community first because we are away from the wave a little bit. You know, right. we wasn't directly in the path for the wave. And it would take a few weeks before we got in the way, you know, because the people who were directly in the way was going to run to our, our community one way or the other, or we were going to be running to their stores or, and in there, whatever, we were going to be working on the front line, serving their food and cleaning their hotels and, 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 and doing all the things that put us directly inside of the path of the way as well. And um, I saw that coming and, and I started telling people because at that time, uh, all I knew was to tell them to stay in the house. Right. You know, the quarantine. Uh, I've been quarantining now for, for eight weeks. Um, but after I started 
talking to Doc, he also started telling me about this thing that this research he had been doing for 12 years, and it was a research with vitamin D. Okay. And he told me to tell all my friends to get on vitamin D. And, mm-hmm. and I did immediately after I saw all of his documentation, the pictures, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. all of the prominent people that, that he had been working with, you know, the coach from Alabama University. Uh, uh, the football coach, you know, I see him sitting in a picture with him. And he told me when he was sitting in the picture, he was showing this coach how to boost his immune system, how to uh, 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 stop him having broken bones and uh, uh, head injuries and, and just all the different things that he was telling me. And uh, when he told me that, I said, Doc, can I get one of them vitamin D's right now? And uh, he gave me one. And, and I had flew in Atlanta just, just to meet him after I spoke to him on the phone. I, I got right on the plane the next morning and went and met him. And I left back out that evening. Uh, I had noticed when I got to the airport, my feet were padding in, in, a, in, a, in a thing that I hadn't did before. And, and I noticed I had picked up this energy, and I was like, what is wrong with me? I got this energy. I want to move. I want to I move around. And I didn't really take notice to it. And then the next morning, uh, I went and got my own bottle of vitamin D, and I started taking them, and I noticed that I had that same type of energy level. And I told all my friends, you know, the ones around me, I said, hey, man, it's this vitamin D. I told Coach Ward. I said, mm-hmm. man, uh, 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 the docs say this vitamin D is going to help protect us from this, uh, 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 from this coronavirus that's coming at us. And at that time, Coach Ward and them hadn't heard about it, I don't think. Uh, uh, they didn't really know. But, you know, Coach Ward uh, respects my word, and he knows that I would never tell him uh, uh, something that wasn't true. And he started taking them as well. Everybody started giving me this feedback about how it gave them extra energy and how they felt in, uh, rejuvenated uh, almost. And um, we we just kept going. Well, I kept studying with Doc and kept learning from him. And then I started to learn even more about what his, uh, 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 what his work details. Uh, he was a, a trauma surgeon. Uh, for 35 years. Uh, he was the head trauma teacher over at Morehouse University. Uh, he was doing anywhere from 30 to 40 patients a night. Uh, and these patients uh, went anywhere from uh, gunshot wounds, stab wounds, hit by a car. Uh, one guy, uh, a parachute didn't function correctly. He fell 500 feet from, uh, from the air. The doc was able to put him back together. The guy is still walking today. Uh, and I started to see all of these accomplishments that this this black guy had made. And what I asked him, I was like, well, Doc, why don't nobody know you? You you could be the greatest doctor that ever lived, and, and nobody even knows you. Why? And he started to tell me that what had been happening to him throughout his life is that he would come up with a, a, an invention, and they would take it from him, and they would take all the credit. And, and and he wound up, you know, really just being, you know, right now just, you know, living in a normal house and, and not really having uh, uh, the financial stability that he should have for all of the, the things that he, he's done and, and how he has dedicated his life to science and medicine. Um, so I said, well, Doc, what you need is you need somebody to start letting people know what you can do because there's no reason that you should be a secret uh, having somebody as great as you are right here in our midst 
uh, people should know about you. So uh, I asked him if I could start telling people about him and, and introducing him to people that uh, would help him uh, further his research. And he said that he was totally open for it. And uh, Mister, that's pretty much what I've been doing. I've been going around the country uh, for the past four months, uh, talking to everybody that I know about uh, what I see that this doctor has done for for mankind. And what I I believe right now today, and, and I would bet my my arm that Doc can treat people with with COVID virus, that he can get people up off the uh, off the ventilator machines. Uh, and that he can do everything he says. I, I, I believe that he's a very credible person. Uh, uh, and and it, it's just sad that so many people are suffering right now, and, and mainly our people, and nobody is, is, is paying attention. You know, uh, the government has put money aside to tell us how we died, where we died at, but they haven't put any money uh, 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 toward keeping us alive. And, and I think that that's a sad situation that uh, they'll only put money when we die and, and, and when we no longer around. And we have all this opportunity right now to where uh, uh, they could save our lives. Now, Rick, you, you have started uh, your own nonprofit. And I want to let my listeners know, uh, Rick Ross did a movie a documentary to which he didn't receive money from doing. He just wanted to make sure the information was out there. While at the That's same time fighting a lawsuit, which cost I don't know how many millions, and he, uh, 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 this other guy, I'm not going to mention his name on my show, but the other guy uh, was able to use the name for what he did and then change his name a little bit, but now everybody still know him as the Rick Ross. So he's not Rick Ross. And you know, if he was giving something back to the community, Rick, like you were doing, then I, it wouldn't be my business. But what I hate about it is that you went through something in the 80s, in the 90s, went to prison, got out of prison. You see all these now dispensaries popped up in our communities when they used to give prison time for marijuana sales. And the people that own these uh, dispensaries now don't look nothing like us. No, it's worse than that even, Bishop. Uh, we were able to get the city to put in a social equity program. Right. This program was put in place for the people that was affected by the war on drugs. The city gave out 100 licenses. Nine licenses went to blacks. Nine out of, a- out of 100, right here in L.A. The rest of them went to Armenians, and I think Hispanics got six or seven. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. And what about those people that were supposed to be getting out of prison? Did they ever let those people out? Well, right now they have been doing some hardship uh, because, you know, this coronavirus has really been taking a toll on the prison system, uh, and and they don't know how to, to handle it. Uh, I, I'll try to give you a scenario of, of some places that I've been in prison while I was there. I would say the place was probably about 30 feet wide and about 50 feet long. It has 10 bathroom stalls, about eight showers. All the showers are connected. 
has a door with no curtain where you walk in and, and everybody can see pretty much you showering and you're using the bathroom. And this room has about 85 or 90 people. The bunks are stacked three high. Bunks are about a foot and a half apart from each other on both sides. So that means that you'll have somebody sleeping on your right side and you'll have somebody sleeping on your left side and there'll be three bunks high, part of being overcrowded. This room was probably originally made for about 20 people. So I could imagine being in one of those rooms and somebody coughs or sneezes and at first it may hit seven to eight people and then that seven to eight people are gonna hit another one. And then on top of that, they'll take somebody out of one dorm for any reason or for whatever reason it may be and put them in another dorm, which is almost identical to the one that I just described to you. And then that same process will go over and over again. And I'm, I'm imagining that it's only a matter of time before guards won't be able to go inside the prisons and work because if they do, they'll get infected, which is the same thing that's happening right now for our food processing uh, facilities. Uh, I don't know if people know, but Tyson Food in Iowa, uh, which is the biggest uh, meat processing plant in the country, uh, just had 600 people to be diagnosed as positive. They had to close the plant down and, and disinfect it. Uh, but it's only a matter of time before it gets reinfected uh, all over again because they don't know everybody who had it. You know, they only diagnosed six, but we don't have enough tests. You know, they keep saying we don't have enough tests to test everybody. Um, so if we don't, if we don't make a move soon, this virus is going to put us in a position where, in my opinion, in my humble opinion, and 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 me looking at the future and calculating, pretty soon it's going to be a food shortage in this country. Right. Well. Um, I can almost guarantee you're right about that. Uh, we've been passing out food to the senior citizens and disabled uh, uh, veterans, and, and uh, I'm going to tell you something. I see it. I see it. I see the food banks where we purchase our food uh, are running short, and, and we can't even purchase it uh, because they don't have any more. So uh, I know you're right. You know, how does it feel when you have – access to all the people that you have access to, but there's certain information that you just can't get out. How does that make you feel? Helpless. Yeah. You know, uh, I had uh, did a live with a friend of mine a couple of weeks ago, and we were talking about it. He did 35 years in prison, too, and I wanted to talk to him because I knew that he had the same feeling I did when we were going to court. You know, I was looking at a life sentence without the possibility of parole. And I felt helpless at that time, but not as helpless as I feel right now, because at that time I knew who I was fighting against. I knew it was a judge, a prosecutor, it was a police officer. It was people I could see. But with this enemy, it's invisible. It's something that we can't see. We don't know how we're catching it. We don't know if it's in the air. We don't know if it stays on door handles for two days or 10 days or a thousand days. We just don't know. We don't know if it's coming over on airplanes, if it's coming over on ships. We just don't know where it's coming from. And to to be up against an enemy like that there, it, it's terrifying. You know, uh, uh, I have two babies. 
and they've been in the house for eight weeks, and, and I feel so bad that I can't let them out. But I'm terrified for them because they're kids. If they see a, a telephone pole, they want to touch it. They want to feel it. If they see a flower, they want to touch it. They want to feel it. And I'm saying that with me not knowing where it's coming from, I can't let them touch anything. You know, I have to keep them so close to me that, that it's really scary. And, and uh, I don't know. I'm just trying to just just, just let our people know that, that, that we can't sit back, that we have to uh, get our, our most brilliant minds uh, uh, on top of this. And, and we can't say that the heat is going to get rid of it or that we can take drink some Lysol or, or shoot ourselves with some bleach and, and it's going to be gone. Uh, uh, we, we really have to sit down, uh, uh, get with God, and listen to what He's telling us, and 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 go with our minds, what He gave us to, to to work with to solve problems. And and I'm hoping that somebody out there uh, uh, was tooting the horn that we must let our best doctors. We must get the doctors that's been on the front line. Uh, even right now, the doctors that's been on the front line are learning ways now to help the patients. Doc told me three months ago that you can't lay a patient on his back like they've been doing with the ventilators because you have uh, breathing. Uh, uh, I don't know the name of it, but we have breathing things in the back of our lungs. And if you lay on your back, you close those those little vessels up. Well, I was looking at CNN yesterday, and they said now the doctors are rolling people on their stomachs. And I'm like, wow, this guy is so on top of of this stuff that it's amazing. And and I don't know, Bishop, that's... Well, I, I know that the, the, the information that you're giving is factual. My brother died two years ago from pneumonia. And uh, the UCLA uh, physician was really trying to save his life. They induced him into a coma, but they had a bed that basically was like a, a rotisserie that they strapped him to the bed and they actually turned him on his stomach and, and, and he laid there for a certain amount of hours and then they, the, the bed would roll back and, and, and have him on his back. But what, he, what they were doing is giving his lungs an opportunity to rest and to help fight the virus. And uh, so you're absolutely right. These doctors have particularly those doctors that came out of Martin Luther King Hospital. Uh, we use uh, two of them now. Uh, Dr. Sujay, who runs a clinic in Compton. She has a clinic in the uh, in the Compton. And then Dr. Uh, Eugene Allen, who has urgent cares uh, in Bellflower, Long Beach, Paramount, Compton, and the surrounding cities. And both of them came from Martin Luther King. And what we found out is that the Navy, the Army and the Marines sent their physicians to Martin Luther King for training because nowhere in the country did you have that many uh, gunshot wounds that were that could be fatal in any other situation except for those physicians uh, in the ER and Martin Luther King was able to save those lives. And the 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 the, the scientists that we had, uh, Dr. Um, uh, Jordan famous doctor that dealt with the AIDS, who was on the uh, Clinton uh, AIDS Foundation research, uh, who brought uh, Magic Johnson in. Uh, and uh, consequently, both of them left at the same time when they said that these, these this organization is raising all this money. 
but they're really not trying to save black people in the minority communities uh, uh, from AIDS or from HIV. And when they did get something that was like a cure uh, that would stop the people from getting AIDS and it would subdue the HIV to make it where, where it was non-reactive uh, uh, or non-unreactive uh, uh, um, in a test, they didn't bring it to our communities first. They used us like guinea pigs to get it, but they didn't bring the, the results to our community. I don't see them bringing anything that is going to help us in this situation. I don't see them bringing it to our community. I see them utilizing the black communities in Atlanta, in L.A., in New York, in Detroit, Detroit right, as guinea pigs to try to get a antidote or a, a uh, um, uh, something that will, will sustain life. So I just uh, I just would encourage people to listen to you. So do you have that doctor? And does he want to talk to us? You know what? He he left L.A. today. Uh, he got on a plane. I thought around 11 o'clock. And, and when Coach Ward gave me the information, uh, I tried to call him, but uh, his phone is still going straight to voicemail. So I guess he's still on the plane. Uh, but I know he definitely wanted to talk to you. Uh, well, you know, he he will be he will have an open audience with us anytime, and we'll uh, we don't do a lot of pre-recorded shows, but I will do a pre-recorded show uh, uh, with him. And if you can get me a copy of the interview that he did with Bishop Noel Jones, I'm sure that Bishop Noel Jones don't mind us re-airing that interview. You know, we don't. We don't. Yeah, we would, we, would, we would definitely put it up. Let me tell you something, Rick. We have had uh, uh, people that were at the cutting edge a long time ago. We had Dick Gregory on this show at least eight or nine times. And and before he died, he did one, I mean, well, it was his last show with us, uh, which w- occurred about two months before he passed away. And I know that there are brilliant black men physicians and scientists out there that could fight this uh, this this uh, epidemic. I think that part of the reasons why uh, the solution is not being widely given away, because if people knew that vitamin D, vitamin C, the orange juice, and what have you, that it could at least uh, save your life, because what they're not talking about on television is all of the people that have tested positive that live that quarantined themselves and was able to get through the 14 days and stay alive. Let's talk about them. Let's put them up and discuss who they are because they're the ones that can save a lot of lives. For sure. And, and, you know, you know, Bishop, I've been having them on my, uh, on my, uh, on my, on my Instagram live uh, talking about the remedies that they use and the methods that, that they use to stay alive. Uh, because I felt the same way you did, that those are the people that could give us information on, on how they did it, and, and, and I have been doing that. And you know, too, Bishop, I don't know if you know, but uh, that drug that the president had been, those drugs that the president had been trialing so yeah. heavily, the, the Kodos Quinn or whatever it's called, uh-huh. uh, they did a study in Detroit with that medicine. Uh, I'll be yeah. talking about that tomorrow with Commissioner uh, 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 Burns, from Detroit in the morning, I'll be on his radio show, and we'll be talking about how they literally used uh, Detroit as a testing ground. And uh, a couple couple weeks ago, they had a guy that come on and said, 
why not just go over to Africa and try it out on, on, on the Africans as if Africans are guinea pigs. And, uh, you know, they still look at, at black, some people in, in high power as, as if we're nothing but test tubes. Wow. Wow. Well, you know, uh, uh, for a moment there, they had a ad um, that went up on social media in certain people's boxes that said that if you would allow them to infect you, they would pay you $750, and then they'll pay you $500 a day while they monitored you as they tried to find another. I said, wait a minute, wait a minute, black people. Don't you willingly put yourself down uh, and drink this Kool-Aid. Tuskegee Airmen showed us what they think about us. So even if even if they have, they're going to guinea pig you. You could die, you know. And, and the misnomer that went out, black people can't get it. Well, it's amazing to me how you come up with a, with, 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 with a scenario, misinformation that black people can't get it, when you know, when you mention preexisting uh, uh, issues, that is us. Because of the Popeye chicken and because of all McDonald's and because of all of the other restaurants, that have fat back in it is no good, you know, for your body, you know. And then you look, you look, you look in our communities. All the fast food restaurants are right in our communities. That's right. You know, all the stuff that's no good for you is right in our communities, and they make it cheap. You know, you can go get a meal from 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 a McDonald's for five bucks. You know, you can feed a whole family for twenty bucks. But if you want to get something healthy, you you can't you can't do that. And then, and then, Bishop, uh, look what they did in Atlanta and, and in, in Georgia. They gave out those stimulus checks, and then they opened it up. Well, and, and, and uh, wow, I'm glad you mentioned that. So let's talk about the stimulus check. $1,200. You can't go, I mean, I can't go to a restaurant that I go to. The people, some of the people that got the millions of dollars, and I did hear that they, some of them are returning the money, okay? But if you went to a restaurant that you have went to in, in Beverly Hills, $1,200 is only a meal for you and your, the, the, the person, your guest. So they give these black people $1,200 while they gave 47,000 millionaires one point whatever million dollars. They gave businesses that had a certain amount of employees millions of dollars that they won't have to pay back as long as you go to payroll. Now, give me a break. You go and tell black, Latino, poor people who live in a, a paycheck to paycheck that we're going to give you $1,200. Don't worry. If you don't pay your rent, they got a year to, they can't evict you because we're not going to let them evict you. You got a year to pay back the money. And if you're on un- unemployment, we're going to give you your unemployment plus $600. Well, why don't you give me the same check that you're giving the millionaires? This This is nothing but a scam that has stole $3 trillion from our future taxpayers. I don't know where anybody's thinking this money is being com- coming from. This money is being printed up, and it's going to make inflation, and you're going to have to pay taxes to pay it back. And those people who think that it's free, if you read the fine print, this is an advancement on your next year's uh income tax, rebate, or check. So you're not getting $1,200 for free. 
You didn't get an advance. So, mm. I, you know, I, I, I implore everybody to recognize if you're not working at a place where they say that you are essential worker, maybe it's time to look for another career. Because the one that you had before that lets you go home and spend being at work, um, chances are it's not a real job. And we talk about the 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 uh, uh, first responders and the essential workers. Well, if you've been off of work for two months, chances are they're not going to need you when this is over. This is being dubbed as the third worst economy crash in the United States history. And never in my life, Rick, have I ever, ever seen them shut down America. And, no, me either. You know, and we're not talking billions anymore. These people are talking trillions, trillions of dollars that they're just printing up. I'm surprised that the dollar is not worth 25 cents right now. Hmm. This was a, this was a gigantic reset, and they've been they've been they've been bringing this stuff to us all along. The face recognition that allows people to go into certain stores and just pick up stuff off the shelves, and you don't even have to see the person at the register. They got it. They automatically take it out of your account. They have those in the stores. The 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 kiosks that you go to when you're at uh, Walmart or McDonald's. They they have started this stuff already, and, and a lot of other companies already have it. The Amazon, the FedEx, where you could buy your groceries and have them dropped off, they are preparing themselves for the new world where they don't need people out in the traffic, uh, on the freeway, and just being in the way. And the baby boomers, who they thought would be dead already, maybe this is just the way to get rid of them. I'm saying Russia, in my mind, I don't care. I mean, how much stuff they threw out there. I'm looking at the country who had the most to gain. Uh, every time we do our show and we talk about this, Russia ended up listening to our show. And we, we, we're able to monitor them as they're monitoring us. It's funny to me that this president has supported Russia, which was supposed to be our enemy, have supported them in every aspect of getting their foothold back on the United Nations. They have, he has resigned our seat at the table of the United Nations Human Rights Commission, to which China became a, a member. I don't think that China would have put itself in this embarrassing situation in front of the world if they had created this virus. I don't think that they would have allowed themselves to be the guinea pig. But I do believe that everywhere in the world that I have went and that I've read about, give less than a damn about black people. And what I've read, every other country, give less than a damn about poor people. So I'm going to tell you this. There may be a lot of rich people. There may be a lot of famous people uh, that has contracted the COVID-19. Watch and see how many die. And then you look at the numbers of those individuals who are poor, and those individuals that are black-skinned, pigment people, how many of them die? And that would be the only reason why. Because if you came, if you called any one of your media contacts and you said, hey, I'm Rick Ross, I want to talk about uh, drugs and what they're doing and how many people are going to die between now and November, 
every media outlet would be there waiting uh, wherever you did the press conference. There's no damn <laughs> thing in the world that you would send out information and people not come and listen to what the hell you had to say. It's sure. not like they don't know that. It's not like the media don't know, don't believe. Hell, you prove that the CIA was involved with putting cocaine, in, even when Ollie North, North said he didn't remember. They could not just <laughs> Hey, you know what? I, I'm going to tell you something, brother. Out of anybody walking around in the hood uh, with credibility to prove that what this government has done, you're the, you're the first one, you and Coach Ward, that would be able to sit down and people would say, well, you know what? He's proved it two or three times already. Anytime that they can set you up, put you back in prison, and you can prove that you're innocent and get out again, Huh. Yeah, saying. Bishop, uh, um, and, and what you're saying is, is, is so true. I just hope that, that our people take heed to uh, uh, what you're saying and, and what I'm trying to say and, and that we have to come together. You know, we have to make a stand as one. As, as, as they're saying in this thing, we're all in this together. Well, this is one time where, where black people are in this all together. You know, uh, this, 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 this pandemic is, is going to get all of us because if it gets you and then your kid give it to my kid and my kid come back home and give it to me and, and then I give it to my friend and then because, you know, they said for four or five days, you could have it and not even know, no symptoms. And that's why they say that we have to look at everybody as if they're infected. Everybody that we look at, we have to look at, when I look at my babies, I got, I got two babies, a seven-year-old and a nine-year-old. I have to look at them as if they may have it. And well, that's the way we have to look at everybody uh, as if they're actually carriers. Wow. Wow. Rick, I want to thank you for being on the show. Do you have anything else that you want to input? I'm going to be staying in touch with you, brother. And when you get off of this lockdown, you and I got to get together because I think that there are some platforms that we have available and there's, there's, there's so much more that, that needs to be taught to our people because we have to basically do what they did in the 60s all over again. And out of this situation, uh, I think it's going to spawn a whole new uh, 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 plethora of, of leaders in our community because we have people that look like us that's talking for us and don't know what the hell they're talking about. And right now, you know, I, I'm be honest, I get, I, get, I get pissed off when I see people jumping around on TV look, acting like a goddamn monkey talking about what, what what Trump is saying and the mistakes and the shit he's saying, what are you saying? Huh. You, you, you're supposed to be a leader of the black community. What the hell are you saying? To hell what he's saying. We know what he think about us. What are you saying? They're yeah. not bringing doctors like you're bringing doctors to the community or bringing them to Bishop and saying, listen, because that's where it used to go. People used to come to the black church and say, hey, listen, there's this thing called diabetes, and if we keep on eating this pork, we love uh, ham hocks, but this is what it's going to do for you. This is what it's going to do to you. Maybe if you use turkey necks, smoke turkey necks, it'll give you the same flavor, but it won't kill you as fast or it won't kill you. We, right. have to, we have to take back our medium of getting information to our people. And we have to remove those self-centered niggas, excuse my expression, Rick, those self-centered niggas that come when it's beneficial for them to speak up for us. I mean, I, I love Kaepernick. He's one of my favorite football players, even though the nigga didn't play as, be- as good as a whole lot of other people, his, his, his position made me respect him. But it makes me, me feel too. it makes me feel bad 
that he has to get up off the field and do the and say the stuff and do the stuff that a whole bunch of other niggas should have been doing if that's your position as a leader. But they love right. and they love the elected positions and they love getting next to white folk and getting petted on the damn head like a damn dog because they have access to the White House or, or, or to the Capitol or to mm. a, 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 a network, you know. But it makes me feel crazy inside when I recognize, man, we're going through the same shit that we went through when that highway patrol stopped them brothers over in Watts in 1965. And all them Negroes had to come out and say, wait a minute, not tonight. Not tonight. Huh. Or, when, or, or, or when, when, when Rodney King got his dumb ass whooped. And people said, you know what, he may be on Sherm, but it was no reason for you to beat him like that. And we're not going to take it anymore. Well, huh. if you can't see, if you have eyes and you can't see that right now we're being pushed to the side because, number one, we're not willing to work in the cotton fields for free. We're not willing to sign paper, sign uh, 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 papers with nothing on it, just sign our signature, and then they come back and they say, we're taking your land. See, I know a lot more than a lot of people say. When we down in Texas, down in Tyler and Henderson and Jasper, you know, where you have roots, we have, when we go down there, we realize there's a whole bunch of black people that have been left behind. Because as we got educated, as we got money, we moved to California, we moved to New York, we moved to Detroit, we moved to Chicago, and then we got a better life and we forgot. You still a nigga in their eyes. And, and, and they don't care that you have money. They will show you, Bill Cosby, you're still a nigga. They yeah. will show you, R. Kelly, you're still a nigga. And when I tell people, they say, well, R. Kelly, I can listen. Tell me something that that Mark Kelly did that, that 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 white creep down there that had the Playboy Mansion didn't do. Hugh Hefner was a damn pimp. He and did a whole bunch of things to the young women that wanted to be in Playboy and nobody talks about it. Bill Cosby was a card-carrying member of the Playboy Mansion. But yet, when he died, the mayor of Los Angeles said, we lost a, a, a great citizen of our, of our community. So there's a double standard. But the double standard isn't there for brothers like you and I and some other brothers. I, I tell Coach all the time, they don't have to remind me I'm a nigga. Huh. Because, because uh, Dick Gregory told me, he said, the minute you give up the word nigga, the minute you give up all of the beating, all of the raping, all of the lynching, and all of the things that they did to you that make you, propel you to stand up and say, not no more, not tonight. So thank you very much for all the work that you're doing. There's a lot more to do, and I will always be accessible to you. I was there at the college when you uh, got with Jeriza uh, or whatever the hell they were, and, and they were a bunch of con people too because they didn't pay you like they should have paid you. You know, everybody willing to come and tell our stories, but they want to keep the damn money. So <laughs> I saw you give something to them that they couldn't get from nobody else. And huh. that's what made me mad, brother, because these other people uh, that are watching, you know, the Tyler Perry's and Oprah Winfrey's and all these damn people, they want to tell everybody else's story. Well, shit, get ours. Put ours in every, every uh, 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 Cinemax. Put ours in every cinema across the country. You can do a movie about a black man whooping a, a black woman's ass, but you can't put a, do a movie about the dope that you put, that the country put in our community. That's real. I used to, that, I used to that's real. Company. That's right. I used that's to live real. in Compton, brother, when the train would stop on, on, on Willowbrook and anybody could just go up to the train and get guns out, crates of guns. Just stop. The train just stopped. And we lived on Caldwell, Willowbrook, 
And my mother was like, what the hell? She called me. That's a damn train. These niggas is getting guns. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah, we know what was going on. But they won't do a movie about that. They won't come to you and say, look, uh, uh, Rick, you had money before all of us had money. Here is $2 million, and we'll put $100 million behind the movie. Write us a movie to explain why we are – because anybody who tells me they want to help people with crack, I told coaches the other day, I get pissed off when niggas come around me talking about they want to – oh, I feel bad about what I've done, and I want to do something, you know, but they won't go downtown. There's all your victims down there. All the crackheads from the 80s is downtown L.A. in homeless tents. And when that piece of shit-ass mayor and the governor talk about what they're doing, they're counting the homeless, I still see them. I don't know why the hell you counting them and you keep getting millions of dollars and billions of dollars to settle the, the homeless situation, but they're still down there, the ones that look like me. Now, you might uh-huh. be putting them in hotels or somewhere else, but they're still down there. So I know you're real, Freeway. Thank Anytime you, Anytime you, you want to get together, brother, I'm with you. And the next time I'm with my bougie niggas who, 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 who have the means of letting you come in, and this time, brother, I know you're a sharp brother. You're sharper than most of these people who's running around here that's being used. But they need to pay you. You keep telling your story, but these they, they, they're not paying you. And and I know that, you know, you don't want it to be look like to look like, you know, you're trying to sell. Yeah, but nigga, you live through it. So the next one I want to tell you a story, say, okay, where 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 the bag's at? Huh. Right? Because right. when Coach told me what Jaziri did, or whatever the hell their name is, and the fact that you know, then Snowflake, God bless my brother's uh, heart. You know, they out here, commercials still running. They still running the movie. How much money y'all getting? None. I'm just saying, None. you know, I, I know you can't say it because, you know, brother, you're humble. You know, I'm just sorry that everybody that buy uh, uh, Rise or whatever his damn name is, when they buy his music, they don't realize that the blood, the sweat, the tears, and what went through, what we went through, you know, to be where we are now to let somebody come along and then they won't say, Hey, look, man, Dub, I took your name. Let me, appreciate, let me, let me at least give this to you. And when I seen you move your, your mother's stuff out of her house and none of them niggas that be up on BET and none of them niggas that was in the NAACP image awards and none of them niggas came and say, Hey, boom, dude, for what you're doing for what you did to prove that these people did this to us, here's a house for your mother. Here's a, here's a, see, that's what dope deals, but you, back then, you get out of prison, they set you up. These niggas, all they want to do is use you. Well, hmm. Bishop, don't like that. And I appreciate right. what you're doing. God bless you, all brother. Right. Thank you, Bishop, and I appreciate the message today. All right, amen. Amen. <laughs> I know you guys are wondering why the bishop gets upset. And I'm telling you, I'm not one of those bishops. So if you're offended by any language that was used today, that language is not the, 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 the intent uh, of uh, the Blog Talk USA is my own, and it's my feelings, and it's, it's real. So if you're offended, I uh, apologize to you. And uh, there are other shows, and there are other bishops and other ministers on this uh, network that you can listen to, and you will never be offended because they don't use profanity. I'm just real, and as, it, as I come out, it flies, and we don't uh, cut, we don't edit it, we don't do anything to try to change what it is when it's real. You can listen to Rick Ross, the real freeway Rick Ross. And if you go to Netflix, you'll see his story. 
Uh, he was there in the streets. Uh, he did uh, some things that, uh, uh, in our opinion, he would like to make right. And uh, But uh, there are a lot of people who didn't get the message. So there's one thing when you say why black people can't stick together or why black people can't work together or why black people, you know, why are they in the shape that they're in? When you have the United States government to put drugs and guns in the community to destroy the entire community that's functioning, when you have the churches, which was supposed to be the backbone of the community, becoming pimps and using the community, when you have people like uh, uh, Jim Jones come in and take a whole bunch of people and give them poison, then you have a very vulnerable community. And you can't be the community to the ground. And I, I, you know, I always say, show me another race of people that have been abused for 450 years and then have the government itself to continue putting stumbling blocks. When they do get it right in Florida, when they do get it right in Oklahoma, when they do get it right in Texas, you have people to come and burn them out. Alabama, Mississippi. We, we're going to have a few more guests on tonight, but I'm telling you, this is not for the faint at heart. Uh, you know, Fruger uh, Rick was uh, one of the unrepudiated biggest drug dealers in the United States and was sent to prison to do what was a life sentence and was let out of prison based on the fact that the CIA gave him the dope, was put back in prison after he exposed that it was a Cointel Pro, it was a CIA joint venture with the FBI. And then all of a sudden, he gets set up and go back to prison. Now, I'm not saying that uh, uh, he didn't do the things that they that he did, but all I'm saying is why is the government actively involved in doing it? Those are the questions that came up. So when he comes up with these theories, when he comes up with this information, if you're talking about drugs, there are 50 reporters out there. When he sued Ricky Ross, who took his name, Rick Ross, he, uh, he had media from all over the world around. But our good judicial system say, well, it's just one nigga using the same name as another nigga. It's not a legal name. It's his nickname. And he's selling music and paying taxes now. And this other guy, you know, uh, he just wants to tell and prove bad things about the government. So, no, we're not going to let that happen. So I'm just saying uh, you, you, you need to look at the information that's coming to you. You know, when I look at healthy people uh, that's in my life right now, uh, my nephew, He's gone vegan. Other people, they've gone vegan or at least reduced their meat all the way down to nothing but fish that they catch or uh, their own grown chickens or, or what have you. Uh, they're much healthier, much healthier. So when these pandemics hit us, they could catch it and they can let it go. The worst thing is to catch something that can't let it go. They take you all the way down to put a tag on your toe. I wasn't trying to rhyme, but it, <laughs> it did. So um, I, I'm just asking you, 
as a listener, pay attention. Pay attention to what is going on. Rihanna, are you there? I know she was tuned in a little earlier. But we we're going to we're going to have uh, Dr. Quentin Williams on the show. Um and he's going to talk about some of the things that's important to keep you healthy. Uh, we had Dr. Allen lined up for the show. Um, I think it's important um, you recognize that there are there are a lot of doctors giving great information, but there's a lot of people that are not doctors don't have PhDs, don't have MDs, DDs, but they have common sense, which isn't so common anymore. Jeremiah, tell me what kind of diet you're on. Let's talk about Mainly a plant-based diet. And what made you decide to go to a plant-based diet? Just the way my body would feel when I got done eating different uh, meat or chicken, things like that. So I like how I felt without having that in me. It felt like it made me kind of get the sweats a little bit, eating all the meat, and it made me feel sluggish. So now that you've been on this, uh, you've been on this for about two years now? Almost three years? years? Okay. So when this pandemic began and people were getting sick, did you feel like you would get sick? No. I I didn't. I felt like um, if I did get it, it would be something that would just uh, fall right off and pass straight through my body. So. So, so, so you all know that everything that we've been taught by the physicians, the scientists, is that this virus, you catch it, it's like any other uh, cold or flu, but your body has to fight it off. And if you don't have the correct strong immune system, which you get from the plant-based foods, uh, then you could be one of those persons laying up waiting for a ventilator. Simple as that. Um, Doctors are telling you what to do. My nephew isn't a doctor, but he's healthy. And I want to discuss for a moment uh, those people that have survived this. Now, let's say that again. How many people have survived? They're saying 97% of the people that were positive survive it. Who are the people that die? Those individuals that have pre-existing health issues. Your body, your immune system, your lungs can't fight it all. Okay. So how many people die from the flu each year? How many people die from a common cold each year? Those individuals whose body are not able to fight it off. So while you're 
in a panic about getting it. Oh, my God, I'm going to get it. As you eat that greasy pork, think about that. If I get it, I'm eating something that's not going to help me. That bacon is good, but the bacon ain't going to help you fight this. So if you're at home and you have quarantined yourself, I hope you are eating healthy so that when you do get out, whether it's on a doorknob, in your car, at your office, at the store, when your body, when it gets in your body, your body going to fight it off and kill it. Please, don't sit in your house all of these weeks and then don't prepare yourself when you go out. If it's raining, you're going to put on a rain coat or you're going to take your umbrella or you're going to see out the rain as best you can. So for this situation, all I'm saying is make sure that you're eating your vitamins. You're taking precautions by eating the vegetables that will give you the vitamin D and the vitamin C. Make sure that you're, you have the best chance of surviving it. Washing your hands and, and doing all of that, is, you know, that's one part of it. Don't listen to somebody that, you know, having survived. Listen to the people. The people isn't it interesting that every day we hear about the, the deaths? But how many hours of time is the news giving to the survivors to tell people what they did to survive? If they wanted you to survive. I mean, let's just say that the news media was not just a show that's selling advertising. Let's say that they really did care about the public. Why wouldn't I be interviewing people that survived it? Just as I told you that they weren't showing the hospitals. Remember that? Remember when I told I, I said they're not showing you the hospitals. You can believe what you want to believe. I'm not saying that people are not dying. I'm telling you that if you want to be one of those ones that's not dying, start taking better care of yourself. And from this point on, make sure that you're your healthiest person that you can be. Make sure your kids, don't let your kids tell you that, I don't eat that. I don't like that. Well, you might not like it, but I don't want to sit up in the hospital with you or sit outside the hospital because I can't come visit you. The food crisis. There is a food crisis. People are not telling you that you're not going to be able to get those chickens and those. (laughs) (laughs) Baby back rib. So why don't you start growing some vegetables in your backyard? That's the one thing I love about the South is you can grow your own food. And you can have what you need when it's all said and done. I'm going to ask you to take better care of yourself. And if you have a senior citizen in your neighborhood, in your family, be sure that you find a way to get them what they need. Right? And don't take them a whole bunch of uh, cookies and donuts and and, and, and stuff that's not going to help them. Give them some vegetables. Give them, some, give them a, a fighting chance. Give them some fruit that has the vitamin C and vitamin D in it. You know, and just for argument's sake, the meat that you think is protein is actually the protein 
cow or, or whatever ate, okay? The plant-based food that they ate that is transferring through their meat to you. So you can go right to the source and get your own protein. And most of those guys that look like bodybuilding gorillas, uh, a lot of them don't eat meat at all. So, and gorillas themselves, strongest beast out there, but they're vegetarian. Just saying. Just saying. So, uh, we are doing what we can do. The show. Hey, how are you? Hey. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We're on the Ombudsman Press Show. I was telling the people we just had Rick Ross on, and we, right now, uh, he brought a very valid point about doctors out there on the front lines. Wanted to talk a little bit about what you do in the clinic in Compton and, uh-huh. uh, and, 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 and where you got your knowledge of medicine and why is it important right now to try to warn so many of our people to, to eat better and live better. And why have you been giving out food uh, in, the, in, the, in, in Compton? So all those questions are Talk to me. Oh. Okay, so why are we giving out food? Because in the area of Compton, we don't have a lot of jobs that are considered essential. A lot of, because of the education levels that we have in an area like Compton are low. So most of our population works in sit-down restaurants as waitresses that's been closed. They're suffering. A lot of our immigrants that are not documented or lacking education, don't have professional jobs that are essential. So they're out of work. I'm a, I have a nonprofit clinic at a nonprofit clinic because we're funded only by donations and grants. The population that we attract is, is the population that's a poverty level under 200%. So we give out food, we do community events, we do education because our population that's coming up right now are foster kids, you know, foster or adults who were in the foster system, adults who didn't extend their education. So we're educating, educating them once we're out there, giving them, giving them the food, the resources and telling them how important it is to make sure that they always have a reserve. So when we were out there giving them the food today, we were encouraging and giving them a word of encouragement, like, we're going to get past this. This is going to be okay, but this is a lesson. This is a lesson for us to learn, to have a reserve, um, those type of things. My education, my education comes from undergrad school at Cal State Long Beach. I got a bachelor's degree in science and nursing. I furthered my education with a master's degree in social and sociology with an emphasis on deviant behaviors, deviant behaviors being persistent mentally ill, dealing with the persistent mentally ill. And after that, I did a dissertation with women, um, women serial killers and women with deviant behaviors for a PhD in sociology. Wow, I'm going to talk to you about some of my ex-wives. Uh, <laughs> that was a joke. So, so <laughs> I'm curious, uh, you're on the front line there, and I had uh, – in, just in conversation with you and a couple of the other doctors that were working, how many of your staff members uh, have gotten uh, 
positive results back or have been 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 in the proximity of of persons that were positive uh while while working on the front lines we've we've had about five positives and out of those five with five positive we can count seven because of reinfection okay so it it either could have been that positive and then we tested, they tested negative, but retested and then tested again positive. So that's something that we've seen before. Um, we have about 10, 10 affected medical assistants, nurses um, that have been exposed, and we are consistently testing them because they're the ones that are going out there doing the testing. And even though you wear the protective, the protective gear, we don't know anything right. about, we don't know too much about this virus. And the thing with this virus is that every day it's changing and they're they're talking about what one strand of this virus can do. However, uh, research shows that there's nine different mutated strands of this virus. So now, now the research is which ones of the strands that is most commonly being seen that's attacking the respiratory system, the lungs, the tissue of the lungs that are making them kind of cystic. And those are the patients that end up on ventilators. Wow. Yes. So, how do you deal with this, Doc? How do you how do you go to work? I hear the baby in the background. How do you go to work every day, uh, knowing that you you have to go home to your family? You know, when we go into healthcare, it's a risk that we take. We we're out there because our heart is in taking care of others. So us in healthcare, we we are the worst patients. We're 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 a danger to ourselves because we're so in line of taking care of others that we always put ourselves last. So what we do is, when we're out there on the front lines, we just kind of build methods as to when you come home, you set a bucket, you pretty much take off all your clothes and run into your house butt naked, run in the shower and put on new clothes. And then let those other clothes, not until they're washed, you bring them in. So we've kind of had to be creative so that we don't bring the virus home. Wow. Then you go out after doing all of that, because you're dealing with the mentally ill, you're dealing with the homeless, you're dealing with, you know, uh, the, the those individuals that have been in the system, uh, uh, foster care. Then you yes. still have to, you're watching them and you're talking to them. So then you decide that, hey, I want to feed them and give them a healthy diet. I want to give them yes. some healthy food so that they don't go. And I'm not, I haven't been, been just beating up uh, 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 Popeyes and, and McDonald's, but I'm going to say this. I've been saying, hey, listen, right now, you need to get some healthy food in you. If you're going to fight right. for the you need to get some right. healthy food in you. And right. I appreciate you for doing a very successful food giveaway. Um, and we're going to go ahead and give you uh, uh, the other 100 boxes that you need to take care Thank of those. You. you know, one of the things with me, Doc, and, and, and those individuals that know me know that I will sacrifice myself. And I've always been out there by myself. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's, it's refreshing meeting people like you and Dr. Q and, and, and mm-hmm. Dr. Allen, that's, they, they care enough about this community because most people would just take a job at Cedar sinai and, and, right. and, and get a tip and say, hey, that's my contribution. 
you know. Yeah. To know yeah. down there in Compton and with right. the people that can afford your services and give it to them, right. I do appreciate you. I do appreciate yeah. you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I appreciate you because we take care of what we call catastrophic patients. We we take care of that one um, Latino or black patient that comes in that has not been to a primary care doctor either ever in their life or in the last 10 years. They come in and we call them catastrophic patients because they come in with blood pressures that are at stroke level, um, diabetes, you know, glucose so elevated that they could go into a diabetic coma or what we call alkaline acidity so high. we're, We're trying to stabilize them with those issues. And then on top of that, we do a mental health assessment to see mentally where they're at. And then we run into the depressions, the post, you know, traumatic um, syndromes. We, we run into, we just run into what we call the persistent mentally ill. And a lot of these patients have been diagnosed or misdiagnosed at a younger age and never had the attention that they need. If we can get them stabilized mentally, We'll get their chronic conditions under care. However, it takes time, counseling, therapy. I have 17 um, patient care coordinators who are pounding, knocking on doors, calling the patients, and pretty much just asking them every day, did you take your AM med? Did you take your lunch med? Did you take your dinner? Don't forget to take your dinner med. Come in and get a snack if you don't have food to take your medicine. Just, Just so that our population can live a little bit longer you know i know that uh after being out this morning passing out the food how how many people did you service today um we were able to service 250 what we did was we some of those boxes and then we added the fruits and vegetables so that we could be able to service more people we um had some donations of toilet tissue and some other little canned food donations so we were able to service out of what you gave us. We were able to service 250 because we made it work. I well, I will be bringing you another, I will be bringing you, an, or you can ha- come out and pick up another 150. And I, I just, I, I'm excited that that many people are willing to come out. You know, our yeah. people uh, historically have so much pride that they they don't come out and get stuff because they just don't. They don't feel good about it. You know, they don't feel yes. good about getting yes. and, and, you know, we cool. we had some amazing people come out today. I got so many. Thank you so much. You know, it's just hard that we're in this situation, and we really appreciate it, and every little bit counts. And thank you. I got so many thank yous. And every time I have an event, I always let the sheriff department know just because, you know, we may have cars line up or people line up. And just to let them know that this is what's going on. And I had one of the sergeants come over there and tell me today, he said, and it made me feel really good because he said, you don't need us. He said, you have this so well organized and you have people on every corner. You have people doing what they're supposed to. He said, uh, you don't need us. He said, we basically need you for when we have an event. <laughs> so. That made that made my day. Just to hear that, to say, okay, I had nobody complain, no one, uh, you know, to say, hey, you know, how, for how many people is in that box? I, I've got 10 people in my family. I'm like, hey, we'll take two. 
try to work with them and the tissue we got toilet tissue we got some disinfectant sanitizer and some dishwashing liquid and there were some people like no i don't need food but if you guys have disinfectant or something so wow. that, that that's why we were able to service so many people because the honor mm. system really helped out today oh bless you god bless you you know uh doc i know that you you have a lot of things going on but i wanted to let you just know that um i totally totally appreciate uh, not being the only one out here working and, and, and fighting for us as a people. And I just wish mm-hmm. and hope that my my call to those in elected positions up higher come down mm-hmm. with, the, with, the, with the mask and the kits that's necessary yes. for, for uh, uh, us to be able to do a little bit more in terms yes. of making sure that your staff have the the same uh, uh, garbs that they have in in, in other countries who are right. supposed to be first, they're supposed to be third world countries, but they have they're protecting their doctors. You know, right, right. Many times we lost in New York. I mean, with all the money that this country has, yes, and yes. I, I, it's it's a shame and a disgrace that they got nurses and doctors using the same masks for a week yes. or two, and yes. this is a country. They put a man on the moon. Yes. Yes. I mean, what we're doing at my office, like myself, I'm going, I'm in the office. I'm moving around within the community. I'm using a mask that, a cloth mask that I'm washing out that my mm. stepfather made for me. And what he did was he put, he cut up a cloth diaper and put in between the mask so that he says you can wash it out. And at least it kind of serves as a filter so that I don't use any of the few N95s we have in the office because we got other people testing. So mm. it's like I would rather leave it there for them and mm. and wear something that I can rewash and something that I can just reuse so that can try to stretch the little bit that we have for mm-hmm. something else. We will else. be getting you some. We will be getting you some. Uh, we got Dr. Allen some, and we will be getting some more. Yeah, we appreciate Mm -hmm. that. I appreciate that. And anytime that I have anything going on in the office, because I like to feed my home. Well, I I have a project program where I feed my homeless patients every day. I get somewhere between 50 and 65 a day. They get a hot meal every day. Um, Something, nothing less than a Subway sandwich. Every day I make sure that those that come in and I feed them for, you know, for two reasons. One, to bring them into the clinic, and if they have mental illness, so that we can try to stabilize them. To be homeless is considered to have a mental illness. You know, but someone in their right mind doesn't just want to be homeless. That's just out of the question. So we try to bring them in and see if we can talk them into getting stabilized and then, you know, the next step into a transitional home, into a permanent home. That's the goal. But the other reason that I feed them, too, is because, we have people who live in assisted living or maybe are renting a room somewhere, and that may be the biggest meal that they have to take their medicine with. So that's, yeah. that's the reason why I have my feed program there, because it's behind their medicine. They're taking four or five medications, one for, for their blood pressure, for their, their um, diabetic medications, their asthma or whatever. They need food to take their medicine because medicine doesn't work without protein. So how many transitional houses are you working with? We 
We service boarding cares. We service 17 boarding cares. And then in Compton, we have, um, I think it's eight transitional homes in Compton, including the sober livings and assisted living. We have, so in total, we're servicing about about 62, 62 different facilities. And we also take care of their primary care within the home if they're if they don't want to leave because when they have mental illness some patients are not comfortable leaving their safe haven so we'll go in and take care of their needs in the home and those are visits that we don't get paid for because medical doesn't pay for home visits so those are just visits that we just do just so that to make sure that they're stabilized where they're at wow i'm sorry wow wow, wow. Well, Doc, I, I really appreciate you coming on the show, and you're going to be welcome at any time you want to get some information out. Uh, we, we Blog Talk USA will be definitely open to you, and um, just thank you for the work that you're doing. Thank you so much, Richard. If people want to go and follow you on uh, social media or they want to go and see what you, you know, the clinic, uh, can you yeah. give them information? Mm -hmm. Yes, um, it's therosefoundation.org. Uh, that's it. Take you to this website. And then our social media, it's Rhodes Community Care Clinic. And it's all capital letters, R-O-A-D-S, Community Care Clinic, and on Instagram. And you'll see all of the pictures of all of the events that I do. Also, I post on my regular Instagram, which is just Jesse Bolton at Instagram or Jesse Bolton on Facebook, and you'll see all of the events um, that I do for food, our hot meals, and our community kids' events and workshops that I do in the office. Amen. I appreciate you. Call me anytime, and I will be scheduling with you to come by and pick up that other uh, 150 boxes. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you. This is your blessing to us. Amen. Thank you. Thank so, mm -hmm. so continue to listen. This is Blog Talk USA. I'm Bishop L.J. Guillory, your host of the Ombudsman Press Show. Now, the doctor that Rick uh, Ross is talking about is actually Dr. Washington, and uh, we hope to be having him on the show uh, real soon. Uh, we're also looking forward to having uh, others on the show that are right now working in the area of protecting the people from the COVID-19, as well as healing those individuals who have become positive, that the hospitals are saying, hey, just quarantine yourself, stay at home. And if, if that person died, call us and we'll come pick up the body. We'll cremate it for you. Uh, it's, a, it's crazy. Could you imagine going into go, going to the emergency room and tell you you can't come in, and being told that okay, well you have the symptoms, but we don't want to test you. Just go home and quarantine yourself, and call us if it gets any worse. So, uh, like I said, Doctor Washington uh, Wilson J. Washington is the PhD that uh, has the information and has uh, trying to get people to understand what's going on. So we're going to have our next Welcome to the show. How are you? Doing pretty awesome. How about yourself? 
But it was just looking at it and I didn't get addicted to this and I seen my doctor. So I was too busy trying to make deliveries. But uh, tell me a little bit about right now, um <clears throat> there's a lot going on and a lot of people with predetermined, uh pre existing uh issues are most vulnerable to uh, and falling susceptible to the COVID-19. In your practice, what are you telling the people that come in and uh, how are you telling the people to stay healthy? Uh, Well, every condition, every person is different. And I I tend to treat every individual, uh, well, just like that as an individual. I don't, I don't, I like to tailor whatever their care is necessary. Sometimes it's more of a nutritional thing. Sometimes it's, uh, they're just lazy and just need to get off the couch. So I, <clears throat> after a full assessment, I always try to give my best advice. And a lot of times, of course, I like to tell her in posture because that always plays a part. When it comes to general overall health, my first aspect is to tell individuals not to ignore whatever signs or symptoms that, they, uh, that your body is telling you. Uh, one of the most subtle and latent <clears throat> signs is, that we'll get is pain. And usually that pain comes along around like the end stage of cancer or end stage of bowel disease or or heart disease. So I usually try to tell individuals not to stage that because it'll be the first to show and the last to go. Well, the last to show and the first to go. And um, so usually I go over a systemic review and I give specific advice as far as uh, different things that they could do to boost their immune system. One of the things that I find is that, uh, you know, outside of mental health is that a lot of people just don't drink water. And that's a good start. It's, it's, uh, it's essential. It's important. It's on so many levels. A lot of these conditions uh, can be taken care of by just simple things you know there's a quote that says you know uh, prevention uh is worse in uh wait i'm drawing a blank on that but basically um the cure is ounce uh prevention um anyways i'll get back to that but majority, my focus is majority of my patients, I push them into preventing, getting to the point where they're dealing with these kind of diseases. And with regard to what we were talking about earlier, majority of the individuals in my community, they tend to ignore these signs and symptoms. You know, they, they feel like they uh, don't need to go to the doctor or they feel like it's, uh, it's going to, especially in the, in the, the male community, because we feel like it's going to go away. Yeah, it, it'll be fine after a couple of days, or it'll be fine after a month, and then it ends up, oh, it'll be fine after a year, and then it ends up being some over, overly dramatic disease that now we have to have um, uh, aggravated by other situations. When it comes to the coronavirus and other flu uh, viruses that we're dealing with, majority of the time, our bodies are equipped to fight them and we'll be able to get over them after about a week or two. But when we have these underlying conditions like uh, heart disease, high blood pressure, diabetes, that we tend to pacify, 
this is when they become exaggerated, and this is when they become a problem. So in general, my focus when it comes to building immune system, of course, my focus uh, is, is going to be on nutrition, hydrating. Um, I do in-office uh, food and environmental stress, not really stress, but uh, sensitivity analysis. And basically what we test are foods, environmental, as well as uh, um, other things that you may be allergic to. And these aren't necessarily allergies that will produce or manifest as like a rash or swelling, but it can cause internal inflammation. And these are like the silent killers. So I do a test, which is simply just a hair test. It tests for, I think it's like 325 foods and like about 400 non-foods heavy metals in the body and whatever vitamins and minerals that you may be lacking. And I'll review this with the patient and say, hey, this is what you're lacking. This is what you, what you need to um, get rid of. And I've seen individuals just like get rid of their high blood pressure meds, get rid of per their own medical doctor's recommendation because of they see the changes after the recommendations, the diet recommendations that we put these individuals on. So diet and hydration is going to be a significant, significant, significant portion when it comes to building immune system. And a lot of times it's just getting rid of that internal inflammation. That's why we see a lot of people with um, autoimmune diseases. And in my opinion, those autoimmune, autoimmune diseases and internal inflammation lead to lead to the diabetes and high blood pressure and kidney disease and liver disease that we tend to have a problem getting rid of in our community. Wow, Doc. That is most informative. Now, let me ask you this question. Because we were discussing the different uh, – we had Dr. Jess on. We had, Doc, uh, we had Rick Ross on. And let's talk about the pre-existing um, symptoms and pre-existing conditions that make people vulnerable. Um, they, they, they've talked about vitamin D. They've talked about vitamin C. Let's just talk about how long have you been eating the way you've been eating and, and, and taking care of yourself? How long have you been? And what was the changes that you made? Uh, um, it's funny because my wife talks about this a lot because – I am like in a super advocate about hydration and water intake right now, but in college, I could probably go a whole week without a drop of water. <laughs> so um, I, I think I transitioned for a number of reasons. Of course, jumping into uh, my um, doctorate education enlightened me a great deal, but also around the same time frame, I started seeing my family members not only dying of these similar underlying conditions, but um, also uh, come up with these diseases that are preventable. And I started looking at it from a certain perspective. It, it's, um, it's more so, like one thing that irritates me is when I have individuals that come into my office and they say, that they have certain conditions or certain diseases, and they pass it off and say, oh, it's, 
it's because of my family has or it's genetic. And it's not genetic. High blood pressure is not genetic. Diabetes is not genetic, at least not diabetes too. You know, and it, and it's, it bothers me because it's not, it's not a generational, it's not a genetic shift that causes this. It's, it's uh, habitual. You know, you learn these habits from your family. You learn these habits of not exercising, not going to doctor, not drinking water, not, not eating properly. You know, of course, we can go down the rabbit hole as far as, like, the, the eating habits in the African-American community. But, you know, it, it's one of the things I try to teach people is that you, too, can break that curse. You know, you don't, just because your family member had it does not necessarily mean that has to be or dictate your future. Not sure if I answered the question. What's the deal? When you say, when you say, because it, it's not a, even a misnomer anymore. Black people, if they hear something so many times, it becomes true. And the only way that it's going to change is if you prove it to them. And hopefully, we can prove it to them by those whom people, those individuals whom have been tested positive but have lived. Yeah. With COVID-19. Why, what is it about the people that's living through it? Why is it their information being publicized as the ones that are getting, every day we're getting statistics of people that are dying and, the, you know, all people that are testing positive, and those numbers are blowing our mind. But we're not hearing that, okay, 93% of the people that catch it or that's diagnosed positive are living Mm-hmm. And what are they doing to stay alive? Because many of them are not in the hospital on a ventilator. They're at their own home. Exactly. They're at, they're at home fighting it themselves. And the body is remarkable. You know, we, you know, and, and it's on the same subject of like, like the, the, the conditions that we get vaccinations for. Uh, the flu shot, things like that, your body, the human body is ridiculously resilient and can fight almost anything just as long as there are not any underlying conditions. And back to what I was saying, the underlying conditions most of the time come from habits. Um, I can, you know, I've, I've pondered the same question as to why we're not getting that same information. But the easy answer is because th- th- there's no real story in publishing that in the media. And us in, in our community, we don't necessarily tend to look for resources to educate ourselves. And if we're not going to doctors that have this information, how will we know? We're not reading. We're not going to the doctor that's telling us what to do and how to do it. And we're getting all of our information from the news. And the news, I mean, come on, like, they have an agenda. It's it's usually, you know, well, it, it's the media. <laughs> you know, they they always have an agenda, and it's not always with the uh, the focus of you know informing the people on how they can recover. Because, like you said, the numbers they're all over the place. Right. Well, Doctor Q, I appreciate you for being on. Tell the people how they can get in contact with you and how they can go to your social media platform and to your your clinics. I recently opened a new clinic, still a baby, 
basically, I think we just reached two years old, and we have a whole lot of uh, new things, a couple of new ventures that we're jumping into. Social, all social media platforms, Chiropractic Elevated, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, well, Twitter for Dr. Quincy Williams, and um, uh, com, And we're lo- located in the San Fernando Valley, and we'll be expanding soon. I appreciate uh, having this conversation. We always have, have, have a good uh, dialogue. Absolutely. Thank you for being on the show, and we look forward to you uh, doing a food giveaway at uh, your facility so that we can take care of some of the people that are in need. God bless you. Yes, Thank, you. Thank you. Now, stay tuned. We have more. We have. Uh, you're listening to the Ombudsman Press Show. And I'm your host, Bishop L.J. Giller. We have Coach Ward. I call him Reverend Ward. Uh, many of you know him. Uh, he goes way back. But he, his accolades go much deeper and much further than a lot of people even know. Uh, this person single-handedly, probably with God's help, uh, have gotten more young black men into the NFL and into the NBA than any other coach here in Southern California. Um, he was along with Rick, uh, Rick uh, back in the days, and God spared his life. And uh, so now he has given his life to God, and he has been one of the most exceptional coaches that we've ever had at Compton Community College. And then he decided that he would take his coaching into the pool. Well, no, I wouldn't say the pulpit. I would say into the streets. Welcome, Coach. How are you doing? I'm doing fine, Bishop. How are you? Man, you're doing what Jesus did, man. You feed the people. You feed the people. You know. Yeah. And, uh, you know, <laughs> Coach, I, I, you've been my silent partner, giving away this food and and uh, to the to the those veterans and those disabled seniors and those people. You've been helping people and feeding people for for a number of years. Thanks to you, we had uh, our brother uh, Rick Ross, the real Rick Ross. On the show, yeah. and a lot that's of people right. snowflake. They don't know that that's you, and they don't exactly. know that that you're the young man that uh, uh, didn't get life in prison for the drugs that were brought into our community from the CIA and the FBI, CoinTelPro. And when God gave you and spared your life, you decided to to give your life to the Lord. So let's talk a little bit about the food that you have been giving out and uh, feeding a, a plethora of people, giving juices and things, donating clothes and all kinds of things to the community. How long have you been doing this, Coach? Uh, shoot, probably for the last two, two decades, so about the last 20 years. And and, and when you... And help, help serve somebody, anybody. Whoever in need. No, you know, you know, don't matter. I just like to go down into the war zone, though, where... Most people won't go. I will. That's right. You know, so, and we all know, we all know we all know when Congresswoman uh, Waters is in L.A. and, and watch, and she won a general walking beside her. She always well, it doesn't matter if she was in Washington D.C. or what. She wants you right <laughs> yeah. beside. I think that she she takes a lot of uh, uh, pride in the fact that you touch the people, and when she wants to touch the people, she contacts you, and you all touch the people together. Uh, wonderful work. Yeah, my my my, my uh, uh, condolences to the congresswoman. Uh, you know, uh, uh, in the last couple of days, you know, she lost her, her sister. sister to the, 
mm-hmm. to the coronavirus. And uh, that was the first time that I saw her in a moment where she was really, uh, you know, shook. Because don't much, don't don't too much shake the the congregants, you know. But that right there uh, got to her, and so we wanted to send our prayers out to her and her family. Absolutely. 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 Yeah, I did send my condolences to her in Sydney, and I, you know, I uh, I know that we don't always talk to our siblings, but they are siblings. And a lot of times when you have people like her that have moved away from uh, from home and made L.A. their home, you know, you don't see the people back home as often as you could with all the work that she's doing. And a lot of times when something happens, we feel guilty. We feel like if I would have been there, if I would have done something. But that just goes to let you know, with all of the kings and all of the presidents that she's touched, you you can't save the people that are most uh, close to your heart if we don't have the antidote and it's being kept from our people. And sure. we've got to, you know, but what's sad is that, you know, the people, and that's why I have the doctors on before you and after Rick, there is things that's being done with 97% of the people who have, who are testing positive live. They're doing, and they're taking care of themselves. They're eating vegetables. They're eating. They're taking their vitamins. They're they're fighting this, and they're winning because their immune systems are strong. We have got to start to realize, coach. You know that's why I support you giving away. You know what you give. You give away healthy stuff. I mean, when people start seeing some of my juices were V8, right, and vegetable right. juice, and apple juice, and, and, and grape juice. And prune juice, too, to clean them up, that little prune mm-hmm. juice. Prune, yeah, well, well, listen, my dad drinks prune juice, and a whole bunch of other people. They tell me, you got any more of that prune juice? I said, I don't even think we had, I guess we did. I thought it was grape juice. We was giving you prune. Okay, good. <laughs> so, but, uh, but let, let me ask you this. We see a lot of people speaking up right now. And we're speaking at the people. We're not speaking to the people. We need to change the opinion of who is speaking on our behalf and to us. Because I can't wait to have Dr. Washington on the show. Um, uh, Rick was, he he told me that Doc was in in, in travel, but we're going to give permission to put the show on. If they did no jump. We'd rock them. So we'll be rebroadcasting that show. And then we'll have him on when we have time when time permits. But, man, you know, it, it's wonderful that you're getting this information out to the public. Uh huh. You know, it, 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 it's wonderful. Now, when is your next give, food giveaway? And, um, you know, why do you think it's so important to give? food down into the hood at these days, at this time? Well, I mean, one is, you know, because in the communities in which we live and serve, there's not a lot of resources. So, you know, I, I mean, that's a part of my ministry to go out and knock on doors, knock down doors if I have to, and uh, give, you know, resources and bring them back to the community. So that, uh, you know, our people will have some, you know, because a lot of times people don't understand food, clothes, and shelter 
is is really what we need. And sometimes when the fellas is uh, they don't have all of those necessary resources, they tend to do something else because they gotta eat. Everybody gotta eat. And if they eating, they not killing. And I, I I know that sounds a little strange, but if I'm feeding them, they ain't killing. So uh, right now the murders to be you know fifteen hundred murders a year. Now we got it down to three hundred. And I mean, in every murder. Is, is too many, but at least we got it down because every every murder for gang homicides is 1.2 million for the state and 8.3 million for the feds. So we say the city, the county, and the state, and the nation a whole lot of money when we keep these murders down. And how important it is for young people now to put down the ideology that we're enemies and come together. Because if we can't come together now, when can we come together? Well, you know, we can and we will come together. It's just that every time that we we uh, we take those, you know, those steps forward, you know, the, the, a confused mind is unstable and then we have to take a step back. And so a lot of times, even when, when – uh, was doing his thing and, and I was I was following his lead you know again when we was exposed to some of the things that most people are not exposed to and having the relationship that most people don't have and we have uh, then you that negative into a positive so it's all about relationships and a lot of times people say it ain't what you know it's in all who you know but I like to take them one more step further. It's in all who know you. Because, uh, you know, people always say, man, I know Pete Carroll, I know Pete Carroll, but when we come up into the circle, Pete Carroll know who I am. When people say that they know somebody, and then when it comes down to the person, don't know them. Right. Yeah. Do you think that? Do you think that we have too many people that have uh, are coming to be doing something that they're not doing, uh, and? I'm not going to mention one of the persons that I would I would mention, but every time there's a camera, when it comes to our community, he's there in front of the camera as if he's yeah. speaking to the people. And but 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 needless to say, your mind, by your own situation, isn't uh, a thinking mind that I would want you. Uh, or talking, speaking, or something to try out you for me. And when people keep on saying, well, the reason why we're in the, way, the shape that we're in, well, the reason why we're in the shape we're in is based on the person that you have thinking for you, or talking for you, or strategizing for you. You know, you can't have an imbecile at the forefront if you're going to be successful. So you all are the gang, the official from the mayor's office. Uh, gang intervention program. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, uh, the gang, it's called GRID. 
and that's gang reduction. And uh, the key to it is, is being able to have what they call a license to operate. When guys and, and young ladies are from different communities and they came up in those hardcore uh, war zones and a lot, they got a lot of respect in those particular neighborhoods and communities, we make ambassadors and then we grow together. We just do a unified front. When something happens that's out of line, we call the right people, get them on the line, have a conversation so we can uh, uh, keep the retaliation down. Because most of the time when they're having a war, it's about retaliatory things that take place because of the person who got knocked down. And then, you know, being able to get the family resources if someone is murdered and, and the burial and taking food by the house and and, and trying to make of, of something that, that negatively took place. Uh, uh, whether it was right, wrong, or in between, the key is about still bringing about peace and understanding. And a lot of times, you know, uh, a confused mind is unstable. So that's why we do what we do, and we do it as, as, as a form of our ministry. Most of the guys and young ladies that I work with out in the street, all over the city of Los Angeles, is it, they really putting their heart, mind, body, and spirit into this thing. They ain't faking the fault because they don't. They really don't get comp. They they can't get paid for what they work. And when you come to understand what God is doing in your life, anyway, you want your pay is not here anyway. So, you know, of course, we still want these people, these ladies and gentlemen, to be compensated. Uh, so they can take care of their families, but uh, you know, it, it, it's not a gold mine. It's, it, it's definitely a, a blessing just to be able to help folks, though. And so that's why we continue to just do what we do, continue to build relationships. You know, everybody got different relationships at different levels. You know, I, I happen to just go out and uh, uh, you know, I hook up with people like yourself, Bishop, who know the right people, who know the game changers who know the movers and the shakers. And, you know, I got a little savvy about myself, and I ain't boasting or bragging. I just I just want it done. I don't want to find no excuse. I've always want to find a way, and uh, I'm grateful for that. I learned that from Rick, if he's still on the line. <laughs> no, he's not. But, but, but uh, he's going to hear the show because I want to make sure you all get a copy of it. But, but let me ask you this. Um, you, you've seen how it was, and you've seen how it is now. What do you think the biggest problem that we have now with trying to make the positive changes that need to take place? Uh, one more time, Bishop, you broke up a little bit there. I'm sorry. I said, what do you think is the biggest problem right now with making the changes that we need to make in order to make things happen that aren't happening? Well, one is, you know, when we look at uh, the, the folks who are supposed to be in charge or in the White House that are supposed to be making decisions for everybody. Like I'll give you an example. The stimulus money, the $2.12 uh, $2. trillion. And, and here it is. The big boys get all the money, and the little boys didn't, didn't get nothing. They had to do another stimulus in order for the other folks to even be able to get business. I can't even find black folks who have small businesses who said that they reaped any benefits from that $2.2 trillion that came down. And to me, that's where it starts. When when it's supposed to have the resources to go for everybody, then everybody should be in it. 
You know, we shouldn't have to rob Peter to pay Paul in order to be in a position to get nothing. We should be always in a position to get something. And uh, and that starts from the top. And I know, like I said, I know the Congresswoman fight, but it can't be a fight by ourselves. We got to be, we got to be, we got to have a strong unified front uh, from the top. Yeah. So we're up to you know, about, we're up to about four trillion now that they that they've done. Well, I mean, okay, I, I'm glad you said that. We we up to four children, right, Bishop? Yeah, I still to this day can't find somebody that looked like you and I who has a black-owned corporation, uh, 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 LLC, and they are reaping benefits because of the money that's come down, and they lost the business in their company because of this coronavirus. You know, I, I, I we we still need. That to be straightened out because if that can get straightened out, of course, I mean we need we still need to buy black. I ain't gonna say that I don't. We right. need to, you know, and, and we shouldn't be we shouldn't have to be mad about it, or we shouldn't have to be disappointed about it, or we shouldn't have to be looked down about it because we buying black. What's wrong with that? We the only we the only race on the planet that spends one point four trillion dollars every year with somebody else. With somebody else. I go downtown. I work for the mayor's office. I go downtown. I ain't seen one skyscraper that, that black folks are. Not one. They said if you build it, they'll come. Start building it, folks. I'm talking to my people of color. I, 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 I don't want nobody to be mad at me. You know what I mean? But what they say. You're speaking the truth. You're speaking the truth. And one of the things that I have a problem with is that not only do we not have a building, but we also, we have people that are getting millions of dollars, right, of the stimulus money that they won't have to pay back. And people are jumping up and around about uh, $1,200. Well, I'm sorry, $1,200 is not going to go very far, people. You know, and, and how do you give one person $1,200 and you give another person uh, a million? Point six. You know? Yeah, that- and so, oh, but it has to be spent on your employees. It don't matter what the hell it has to be spent on. You don't have to pay it back. I, I call I call that legalized tipping right there. I'm trying to figure out how did how did somebody at the top because it wasn't the poor people, it wasn't the black people, it wasn't the people on the bottom who made the choice of saying twelve hundred dollars. So what I mean, what in that mind fact is that somebody who's making seventy five thousand a year should be respectively to get twelve. $1,200. This is the need. Yeah. If I had six or seven people in my house that was making 75000 a year, I'd be giving you 1200 I wouldn't be asking for 1200 <laughs> Right. But that's just to show you how they how they do this thing. Well, this was done to push the working middle class down to poverty. That's what this was for. And now those people that live above their means and wanted everybody to believe that they were making more money than they were making, now you get to show it. Because if you're living above your means and you have no savings, now those credit cards, they're going to become due. Your credit card is not to you. They may not be able to evict you, but you're going to end up having to file bankruptcy because how are you going to pay back the money and your interest is higher than the little $1,200 they gave you? You got to be super stupid to believe that this stimulus is going to help the working people. 
And then now that you're saying that, oh, we're gonna we gotta think about the working people too. Even if you think about them now, uh, dumb dumb, you didn't give away all this money. Who's gonna pay it back? The working yeah, people yeah. gonna pay the money back. The billions, the trillionaires, they ain't gonna never pay back shit. So I mean, it's it's crazy. It, 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 the, the the math is crazy on it, and I understand that they had to get something out there. But when they first start talking about stimulus, and we were only two weeks into this thing, right? First of all, I was thinking to myself, all you got to do is fix the problem, and people can go back to work. The only people that's going to be hurt by this is the ones that they are making billions a day and spending way more than they're making. That's who this economy hurt. Because I see some people looking at this as a vacation that just couldn't go nowhere. But, you know, you know, to each his own. Uh, I just hope that out of this will spawn at least a dialogue so that people can stop being uh, what you said earlier is a purchaser. If we're spending this money with consumers, we need to be producers. We need to go back and start building something that we can get political liquidity, financial liquidity from. And for those individuals who are listening and you may have think this is becoming a racial situation, I don't hear anybody on Fox News. I don't hear anybody on any of the other televisions talking about black people, our economy, and what needs to happen to us and for us through this whole situation. So therefore, we have to ourselves. And if you're listening to the ombudsman, you should know that I'm a black man, and I'm very gravely concerned about black people, particularly right now. So if this has rubbed you the wrong way or you're offended, you're probably listening to the wrong show. God bless you all for listening and tuning in. Uh, uh, Rev, you know you, you can have an uh, audience with our, our show at any time. This is, uh, this is a platform for you. Now, the ombudsman definitely. Uh, hear you, feel you, and appreciate you for your works that you're doing. Do you have any last words? Yes. To God be all the glory. And, and for those individuals who want to get in contact with you, how do they get in contact with you through your media platforms? And for those that have sons and, and, and daughters that want to uh, 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 have access to uh, the NFL and the NBA and NAA and all that kind of NAACP and all that. How do they get in contact with you? <laughs> this, this is how they get in contact with me right here. Uh, the number is 323-482-7489. My email is cornellward1964 at yahoo.com. You can hit me is 24-7. Just like it used to be way back, it's still the same. Okay. But we're just pressing forward. Amen. Thank you, brother. I appreciate Amen. you. I love appreciate you. Too. All right. That's our time. We're here at the top of the hour. It's eight o'clock. I want to thank you all for listening. Uh, Rihanna, you can take us home. God bless you all. Homeless is still homeless, the poor is still poor, yet we find billions of dollars to fund senseless war, and yes, we're fighting terrorism, what about the quiet racism, 
dividing among ourselves. Somebody's crying for help. Heaven is listening. Heaven is watching. Heaven knows. And they may not play this on the radio. Oh, the devil don't want you to know. Lost Talk Radio. What's up, y'all? This is yours, truly the gap to guru of gumbo. Back at it once again in the lab. I apologize, first and foremost, for last week. Let me tell y'all, life has been hectic here lately. Um, business has been bananas. And I just uh, took a little personal day last week. I probably should have told y'all, but, you know, I just... Got through that day that Thursday, and I just didn't do much else. And uh, I felt good about it. And so before we even do anything else, I just want to park that right there and tell y'all that um, everybody needs a little me time. And you don't have to be shamed at how you spend it. And if you want to abuse it, abuse it. But if you use it, use it. Because Everybody in this world, when it comes to a minute, it's only got 60 seconds to it. And so it's up to you of what you do with it. So listen here. This is what we call the gumbo talk show. If you were expecting food, I sincerely apologize because the kind of food you get here is soul food, and I'm not talking about grits, ham hocks, pig feet, greens, and dressing. I'm talking about for your mind. Every now and again, your mind needs a little extra, and that's what I do. Um, I'm yours truly, the Gap Tooth Guru, and we are, again, in the Gumbo Talk Show live every Thursday 8 o'clock sharp. I want everyone that's listening out there, either on the phone line or on Facebook or whatever platform, YouTube, that you're listening, I want you to know that I'm appreciative because you could be doing anything else, but you chose to spend a little time with your boy this Thursday. Hey. And by the way, y'all can leave comments in the comment section on Facebook. If you're listening on the Blog Talk radio platform, I can see you uh, listening through your particular phone number, but your 
voice will be automatically muted. So if you're talking, we won't be able to hear you. And if you want to participate, you want to call in and share with us, share with me, um, get something off your chest, the number to dial is 515-605-9375. And when you do that and you want to get in on the conversation, press 1. And that's just like you waving your hand, and I can see that, and we'll get you on to the show. And you can also leave messages and messenger, and I'll see them pop up on my screen. So tonight's topic, this 23rd of April, isn't it crazy with one-third of the year in, and it seems like we haven't seen anybody, and we're running around this place. Uh, everybody is a little bit timid. Everybody's a little bit gun-shy, but we're still alive. Some people that were here last week aren't here this week. Personally, people I know, uh, not just from the virus, but from just like any older time, cancer and old age and accidents and things like that. But Everybody that was here last week isn't here, but we are. That is enough to be grateful for. And also, there are some folks that are struggling. And I want to tell you all from the bottom of my heart, and I meant this. I I made a post the other day. Um, I saw some of my people uh, from the old Waffle House. They ain't working. And um, I can attest, I had a friend on the phone. I laced the brother with some bread on because I'm doing good. This economy, the way it is now, is great for my business, um, but it's not good for most. And I've struggled, and I've hustled, and I've learned from my mistakes, and I'm going to still make mistakes, but I am never better than my fellow man, if I've got 400 million, I wish I did, but I don't. If I had 400 million and my brother has none, I, I'm I'm no good. So tonight's topic, when we're going to get to the good part, is a line from a famous Mill Kiki, who's from the Screwed Up Click out of Houston, Texas. Screwed Up Click was headed by a man named B.J. Screw, known for slowed-down music with uh, chops and cuts and, you know, scratching, if you will, from the old hip-hop DJ days. But he did it over a slow beat. He slowed the beat down, slowed the song down, and then put his chops in it and then uh, sold it. And it was amazing. And I moved to the South. He was just in his prime. And one of the songs couple years later was Good Part by Lil Kiki. And one of the lines he says is, when are we going to get to the good part? I'm tired of living like this. I want to know how much money, how much money that he can feel. And so the just using that as a premise and not as the actual backbone, but just as the premise of it, discussion tonight, when we going to get to the good part, I want to share with y'all 
how I got to the good parts of life on several occasions. And, and hopefully that information that I share from my life experiences will transfer to you and help you and or someone you know get to the good part of life for them. And it is indeed possible if you utilize a few proven techniques. So, getting to the good part. The number to call in, oh yeah, good, good. The number to call in is 515, let me, let me type that in to get started. 515 605 9375. And when that goes, the call in, go to the center center. Yes. So, when I was a kid, and when I say kid, I was under 10 years old, I had to be in an all white school. Many of y'all know this, some of you don't. But I grew up in a very rural area of Illinois. The store was like seven miles away from our house. It was a nearest store in the Bible. And uh, we were probably 20 miles from the grocery store. So that's the setting. I was the only black kid that came outside in my neighborhood. Three black families, two of them were, had children that were uh, close to my age. Why is Facebook tripping? The two of them were close to my age, and they were girls. They never came outdoors. I was the only one that came outdoors. I dealt with a lot of struggles when it comes to racism at a very early age. The type of racism that most people would have either killed themselves, been killed, or killed someone. Through all that, and I apologize if y'all don't see it, it doesn't look like the video is streaming right, but I know it's still recording. Through all that, I had many instances where I had to really focus for my life. And I'm talking about before 10. And I finally came to grips that I wasn't like the other kids. And I started to realize that I had more strength than they did. And I was not using it ergo being bullied all the time, every day, in real ways. And when I finally came to grips that I had strength, I, I began to understand what my role was. I was many of them's only experience with anybody black. I didn't know there was a difference, you know, really, growing up, especially younger, until I saw that nobody else was being called the names I was called, and nobody else was getting treated like I was being treated. So when I realized that I couldn't go in the house to some of these people's houses, and I was the only person left outside, 
It wasn't that I was a boy. Um, it wasn't uh, that I was uh, fat. It wasn't that I was ugly or none of that stuff. It was mostly uh, because I was black. And when I say mostly, I mean 99%. But the good part for me came one day when the bullet, Sean, I'll never forget his, can't remember his last name, but when Sean actually um, got his ass whipped by me stepping up and thinking I could defend and protect myself. And I did. It was so liberating to slay the dragon that had been taunting me and teasing me for years. Then when I was a teenager and I wanted to have my own freedoms, I got hooked up with this group of guys and the, the fellas taught me how to steal. One day we stole so much stuff that was supposed to be put away that they began to use it and they got caught using it and they told on me that I was with them and got busted. And although that wasn't big, that wasn't, I wasn't, I mean, it was a big deal, but that, that wasn't the big thing here. It was the liberation of knowing that I could do things on my own and not get caught. And hence the era of Big B and moving into a whole other type personality in in my early teenage years um, that most people didn't recognize from my early years around all those white folks. And I've had many more good part. But I want to just dwell on those early ones because those are ones that most people deal with. And that is overcoming mistreatment by people and then overcoming your own self-proclivities that are setbacks to your come up and they are limitations and stagnation when you should be uh, working the bag nation. It is amazing when you realize that people don't have as much control over you as you think they do. That is probably the number one thing that people need to realize. You're not going to realize the best parts of life if you're relying on everyone else. You have to learn every time you're in situations where you can pick up something and and then do it yourself. So many people get in a situation and they depend on other people to play their part that they never realize what it is their role is, hence they never understand or appreciate what their role means to them. And I mean that in the very rudimentary essence of when you come across people that help you, it isn't their job to stay in your life forever. They're only there for a season. 
And these people are actually there to teach you how to do what it is they do so that you can recognize it when you move to the next level. Because everyone with certain traits and characteristics has the same kind of formula, even though the numbers may change in the formula. It's the same formula. Hence the two times two and two plus two. Same outcome, different numbers in the formula. But you can recognize it and see that, you know, hey, three plus one is also. But you know that everything they're doing is adding up. But those people aren't going to be the same people. You have people that die in your life. You have people who you fall out with in your life. You have people who move higher or move lower, and you move on, and you just, by just happenstance, you separate from one another. It could be that you matriculate at a different college than they did. But whatever the case is, you're, you're no longer one together. And what you now have, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, is a void. But the whole time you spent with them, you never learned their methods and techniques. I force people that spend time with me and look at me as a coach, as a big brother, as a mentor, as a guru. I force them to ask me questions. I force them to talk to me. I force them to, to do things because if I'm playing a role in your life, I hope you're getting as much out of it as I'm getting out of you playing the role you play in my life. Nobody's playing each other, but really and truly, we're learning from each other. And if you're not, you're wasting time. So one of the biggest things we have as a barrier to the best part of our life is not taking a tool, baggage, if you will, good baggage, with you on the journey, picking up item by item from the individual by individual that you encounter through life. <laughs> Number one, if somebody shows you love, yes, yeah, show them love back. You may not be able to the same way that they showed love to you, but you show love in your own way, and the, the genuine of your love will be shown. Now, it is already 18 minutes past the hour. If you didn't know, now you know you're listening to the Gumbo Talk Show. Yours truly, the Gap to Guru of Gumbo. You can always call in. I know we have a caller. I see you. What was that last vote? I see you, 9073, out there. And uh, you can hit the number one if you want to get in with a conversation by dialing 515-605-9375 or tune in to Blog Talk Radio, or you can also leave messages messages on Messenger or in this, the moderation of the comment section of this episode. So number two, the, the struggles, the hurdles that we put on ourselves, um, because I'm not going to deal with the negative people that I told you about. I'm just, de- just dealing with the positive people that you come across. If you focus on them, the negative people, they don't have enough time in your life to even focus on. Otherwise, you get headaches, you get angry, and sometimes anger is great. Don't get me wrong, but anger sometimes hinders, and that's what we're moving into now is the self-limitations that we have. 
I was talking to a good friend yesterday, and I was regurgitating what I had learned from a good friend of mine. And it was about risks. It's about taking risks. Did I say risks? Risks. And if you're not taking risks to win, you're not living. What you are is you're limiting yourself. You don't have to know the play step by step and walk lockstep in the plan to get to where you're going. You, as long as you have a good idea and you know exactly exactly where you want to be, notwithstanding hurting anybody else, it's really not many things that you can't do to get there. I know I said that very um, badly using English, but really and truly, there are so many pathways to greatness that if you leave out one, you're kind of tripping. You don't have to trip on yourself. There are uh, I don't know, 99 ways to skin a cat, they say. And what we try to do is work two or three. And if the first one or two doesn't work, we go to the third one, then we go right back to doing the first, the second one, but we're just going to put a little tweak on it. And that's not really risking. You're, you're really just kind of being insane and repeating the same thing over again, expecting a different result. Malcolm X once said, by any means necessary. And Martin Luther King said, no, I'm going to turn the other cheek. But I will be willing to argue anyone down who definitely hasn't read um, Martin Luther King's trilogy book of, of Chronicles of Martin Luther King. It's a three-book book, and it's probably 1,500 or so pages apiece. And I've read most of it. When I say I've read through it, the whole thing, but you have to go back through it. I've only done that once or twice, or even sections of it. But if you didn't know, Malcolm X rubbed off on Martin Luther King, and he began to realize that they ain't going to never in this society, the way it's set up, allow us to be equal, black folks to be equal. So what you have to do is go for equity, and you have to disrupt. You have to be violent economically. And trust me, being violent to a business or an entity or a government economically is just like killing because you see how these people are all at arms. I'm going to show you how history repeats itself, and I'm going to show you how you can get to the good part, because if you make a mistake nowadays in some of these things, it can cost you your life. Let me tell you how well that's true, what, what Martin Luther King was getting at and what he was practicing. Dealing with this whole coronavirus thing, these governors and especially these very conservative states and these people, these conservatives, that used to talk about protesting is stupid. And they're the very ones out there protesting 
what's going on now, so stupid. They're going to die, okay? They don't even know it. We're all going to die, but some people, their time is up. Mine might be, but if it is, I know where I'm going because I know the journey that I've been on. But let me give you an example of ones getting in their own way. So a lot of these conservative people are opening up their states, if you will, soon. That's what they claim they're going to do. I've already seen remnants of it the last couple of days, folks just out everywhere, just doing things, no mask on, no gloves at the gas station or where you touch a lot of things. I don't know if they got sanitizer or not, but they sure are wiping their face. They're playing with their nose, fingers in their mouth, licking their finger, counting money. They're doing everything as if that has ever been okay. And that is a mistake. Because, see, the enemy is so cruel, he would make you believe that you're doing right. And these folks that are crying about economy and not about health care are putting money over lives. Now, I'm not here to get on this political spin on this, but just talking logically, basic, one-on-one knowledge of survival, you sit there and listen to people who clearly don't have the level of intelligence as you do, and you utilize their jargon and nonsense in a real-life situation, my friend, you are an idiot. You are an idiot. You're ignorant. You're stupid. And you don't get it. Because just like when folks boycotted buses and people said, "Uh, we don't think that's going to make any difference if you boycott a bus, until it went from one town to many towns to many different buses, um, bus companies, and people were like, wait a minute, um, we do need black folks. And although this situation now we're dealing with does seem like it's targeting black people, that's not the point I'm getting at. The point I'm getting at is you can get in your own way by thinking that your way is the only way. And you will inadvertently go back on the very thing that you were adamantly against and don't even think you're doing it because you think you're different than everybody else that's ever done the same thing you're doing. And you will watch yourself self-destruct. I thought about how these people were protesting now and how the police are treating them versus how the police treated people in Ferguson when they protested Mike Brown's killing. And I'm going to be the first one to say it publicly, and I know people don't think this is popular, but Mike Brown did a lot of things to get himself killed. He wasn't a saint that day. And had he been smarter, he'd still be alive. Hence, in case in point, we get in our own way. And those folks that were protesting were protesting for the right reason. And people talked about protesting is bad because of them. But now these people are protesting 
this lock-in that we've had, this self-isolating uh, we've been doing, because they want to get out and go to parks with their kids. They want to go places. They want to go and eat in restaurants. Listen, how can you put that stuff over your life? But they're not thinking about their life because the enemy's got their mind all thinking about self and not about self-preservation of a people, and they're out of their wits. These are things that get in the way. See, if these folks that were conservatives doing all this were just consistent with what they say and with what they do, I would be the first one to be a Republican. I want to so badly. But who could join something like that where people act ass? I'm not even really a part of the Democratic Party. All these people, my Democratic friends, they want me to get, get involved. I don't want to get involved with you. I don't even like you. I don't really like much you stand for. A lot of your things you stand on in your party, I, I ain't with it. I'm old school black man. If if you were to, to see my face, how I see myself in the mirror, I am my daddy. Hence the, the um, blog talk um, radio. And you go look at it at blog talk radio, I use my dad's image. Because this show, by the way, is dedicated to my father, Willie Joe Johnson, a.k.a. The Killer, um, because his birthday was uh, Saturday. And uh, I miss my dad. This show is dedicated to him. But, but really and truly, like, like you say, uh, brother, as, as your dad said, an ounce of prevention beats a pound of cure. These folks think that they got the cure. They got all the answers. They're the smartest. Nobody knows it better than me. Okay. Um, let me tell you something. There's a whole lot of people who know things better than me. And it took me a long time when I thought I was coming into knowledge itself and I was studying up on my knowledge of my people. And I used to think that everybody else was dumb because they didn't know this. And then I had to start thinking, you know what? One day I didn't know all this stuff. And I'm brand new to it. Yeah, of course, Rika, that riddle with bridges. Hey, Tay, good to see you. Kia, Kia, Kiara. That's what you say it all together, right? Kiara, uh, New Zealand in the house. But yes, uh, Rika, um, the the fact that they sit on privilege is a big deal. But what what's what's bigger than privilege is if you had privilege and you were you had knowledge yourself. Let's look at Matt and imagine what you could do. Look at the white folks that do things in the civil rights movement, knowing they're white, knowing they could get along, knowing that they just played the cards like their parents or their brothers and sisters played the cards. They'd have everything at their fingertips, but they choose to to side uh, with the oppressed because they realize that it's a whole lot more of them than us. And they also realize that why is it so hard to show love to people? But anyway, um, those two points, it's 31. I'm good. I got those two out in a half an hour. That's pretty good for me. Those two points are are good and helpful. If you just realize what you do, you set a goal, your goal needs to change as you acquire and attain each goal, right? And then also, you got to stay true. You got to find out who you are and not be this robot that is uh, nothing wrong with being of a culture, but you can't just be stupid 
to what's going on around you. You have to realize. You have to. You have to grow with the world around you. You you have to. I mean, look at all the people that are struggling now that don't like that didn't like technology. I said it today. This is the world has become reliant reliant on technology at this point. So many people are having um, what do they call them? Zoom meetings now. These Zoom meetings are going down in such a real way that folks are without a computer at home or, or they don't have a smartphone, they have a flip phone, they just to stay at work because you can't work without having that going on now. Matter of fact, these folks are saying if you don't have it, you might get fired because you don't need to meet in a room together. I used to say that a long time ago. A lot of these meetings we could do from home. We had, I used to work for an agency, and we had clinics in Gilmer, Texarkana, Longview, several of them, Marshall, Henderson, and Carthage. Yeah. And I was like, why does everybody have to come to Longview to be Just put it on the damn screen. The same thing you use for the, for the, uh, the patients to see doctors remotely, you can use that for that whole office. That whole office doesn't have to take off a day to drive half a day to drive 45 minutes in the long view, whether you're coming from the north or the west or the east or the south, and um, you you could just simply just log in and be uh, on, on, a, on a conference call. You can see them, you know, ask them questions. You can do all that. But like you say, Riga, these folks can't even log in. They struggling, and they ain't going to make it. They better learn. My mama got a Facebook page because <laughs> she She's been down here all this time, and she could be watching church at home. Do you know how happy she was, y'all, the other day, when she, Sunday, when she got to watch her own church service back in Illinois and her pastor preaching? And she could type in comments and everything, and everybody was saying, hey, Drew, she, the people that she grew up with all her life. My mom lived in the same place all her life, same, same county, her whole life. So, you know, it's liberating. So here's the thing. Here, here's how we get to the good, good part, the next phase here. Okay, after we've discontinued allowing people to predicate what we're going to be, when we discontinued allowing ourselves to get in the way, we have to start realizing what we're going to pick up. When I told you earlier about picking up tools and go with you, how we use them. So you got to travel light, right? You got to learn to travel light. When you're going down a pathway, yes, Frederica, she is your friend. Um, when you're going down a, a road, we're talking about a pathway in life to get to the good part. If you're carrying Every single thing that you learn with you, you have hardly any room to, uh, any wiggle room because you're kind of weighed down. One of the things I learned is I've learned about like tunnel vision. When I'm working on certain things, I'm not, I let other things slide. Like today, I don't know if y'all get it, but I've been like this uh, a lot in my life. When I get in a role, like business has been for me, eating isn't necessary. And y'all know how Big Baby loves to eat. Look at me. 
all this big chocolatey, chunk, hunk, chubby, husky, I like to eat. I'm still a pretty individual, you know what I mean? You know, it's, it's hard work making something this ugly look good, but I pull it off. But check this out. It's it's tunnel vision. There's nothing wrong with missing the eat when you're making the mark. I'm gonna eat. I had I got I finally made it home out of being gone all day long pretty much. I think I came home for it. I left this morning, started at nine. I had one real job today, and then I had just a lot of just errands to run and I got to do it, I got to helping friends and all this, that and the third and helping out other people. Which is I, I, I got free time. I mean, I gotta help out folks. I see you, Kenria. You, you notice you hadn't seen me today because I use UPS today. That's my girl from FedEx. Um, the I got done with that, and I was ripping and running, helping other folks. I didn't eat. I finally ate when I came in here about 6.30. I was hungry because I passed the place. I was on the phone, and I passed Grandy's because I was going to stop at Grandy's because I wanted that. Southwestern grilled chicken with the rice, and I wanted corn and baked beans. That's the Big Verma special, Rico. That's what he used to eat like six times a week. It is actually a good little meal. That's what I wanted. But I came home, and praise be to God, Tab had made some tuna fish. And I ate two tuna fish sandwiches and a little bit of chips, and I'm good. I'm Gucci. I'm actually hungry again because I think that Tuna fish went straight to the bottom. Case in point, certain things you focus on, and if you got a whole lot of baggage on you, you can't focus on it really good. Had I eaten, I probably would have slowed down. You know what I mean? Y'all know what I mean? If you had to put, just took one little slight variation off of your focus, you would have missed the mark. Let's see what he did. I'll work myself up to the shakes from getting too busy. Yeah, that's right. Well, shame on me. I don't care. I did. I didn't get the shakes, though. Um, but here's the thing. You've got to travel light. How you get to the good part is you might need to pick up something new on this journey that you're working. So if you don't need it, if I don't need to focus, if I don't need to think about something, I'm not going to think about it. It's a struggle for me now. I really need it. I wish I had a personal assistant. But um, if, if it wasn't for for this right here, I'd struggle for real because I get contacted for jobs that are going to be tomorrow, Sunday, or Saturday, or Monday, or Tuesday. I literally got jobs. The next Friday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Monday, Tuesday, five days. I got work straight five days. And the little work I do those days, praise be to God, some folks don't make any money. I'm not saying praise God that they don't make that. I'm saying praise God that I do. I was once one of the people that was struggling and straining. But I've always had the mind of a hustler. Or I should have said a heart of a hustler and mind of a Jew. And I don't mean G as a gangster. I mean G like I'm, I'm grown. I've always had a grown-up mind. Probably since I was four or five. Lucky to be alive. But the point is, 
these are sometimes brought on by us and lack of focus. If you're really focusing on a thing and you know that somebody talking or answering the phone, sometimes I don't answer the phone. I want to because I know it's a potential job, but I also think that if they really want me, they'll leave a message or text. And I had to learn that. I don't need to pick up everything. I don't need to take everything with me. I've got, oh, I wish I brought it in here. I got a new bag, y'all. Ooh, ooh, wait. Uh, hey! Hey! Hey, hey, who goes there? Hey, Kaylee, look in uh, the closet and bring that leather bag to me in my closet. You know, I'm the oldest child there in the bag. They used to talk about these grapples uh, with folks with these bags. But I, I also learned that, you know, you, you got to have a bigger bag. I wish I had my other bag that I carry my notary stuff in. But I'm, I'm, I'm going to share with y'all. I'm going to show y'all some physical things of how we get to the good part. Um, you got to invest. Come off a little money. You can't just go around like this. You got to let go of the stuff. And I've been shopping with black businesses. You're supposed to make these masks. I started giving them a little bread. I do it. You want me to do Yeah. Yeah. Just hand it right here. Okay, so I'm going to move this microphone out the way. Y'all see that? Y'all see that genuine leather? Yeah, yeah. I wish you could smell it. You see that? See that? The straps, they got buttons right here, though. It ain't got it. You got got buttons you get in the pocket. I got stuff in here, and I can't show you what's in this bag. Trust me, it's not thousands and thousands of dollars that it's mechanisms that can get me to it. You know, I got my tablet in there. It's not a purse. This is a duffel. And I remember the song, Go and Get Your, Go and get your Money, Little Duffel Bag Boy. If I expect what I got coming to come to me, and I don't have a bag like this, like my other bag for my notary stuff that I use on a daily basis, it's way smaller. It's a satchel. That's a duffel. Of course, I, it was in the closet all day. I didn't carry it. I didn't put it in the car. I'm not that. I'm not. I'm not there yet. Uh, maybe a couple more days as I go into it. I, I spent money on this bag because I realized I need to carry certain things with. Me. I can't carry this whole house everywhere I go. There's certain things I need to carry with me. Keep with me. Keep on. You see what I'm saying? And um, trust me, I always have something on. Um, and the reality is I have to have the tools to do it. So I, I got to put the tools somewhere. So you got to put them in a bag. And as you start to grow, your bag gets bigger. Your bag gets bigger. I ain't had no bag this big. I bet you some women wish they had this little purse. Y'all can see how big it is. Y'all know how big my head is. Most of y'all know this is a big old bag. It's a duffel, but it's also got a shoulder strap. So, guess what? When I take a night trip, when we get back to the good part of, of being able to go out about, you think I'm not going to take the trips almost every single weekend, getting the hell up out here? I'm telling you, I'm going to see Tracy Morgan. I'm, and this is, the, this is the good part. If you work and you make all that money, 
and you ain't saving it for the good things in life, you tripping. Okay? And if you're not investing, like when I go see Tracy Morgan, if I get the chance to, 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 to touch Tracy Morgan, I'm going to tell him just as genuine looking in his eye because I think we have the same. Because I love that man. And there ain't no, ain't no sugar in my tank, right? What we say, uh, what we say in the hood, we say no homo. But it means we don't have any sugar in our tank. Um, um, I love that dude. And I'm going to tell him, you know, man, look, you, 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 you made it. You made it through the accident. You made it through comedy. You, you, you're at the top of the game. I think you're the funniest man alive, personally. And um, I just want to ask a favor. I'm a little old motorist. In East Texas town, because I'm probably going to see him somewhere else. Because he's supposed to come to Corona here, and we couldn't go see him. But I had my tickets, I had my hotel, I had everything set up. We was going to do it big in Marksville at the casino. And um, I'm going to see him wherever it is. I'm going to tell him. I'm like, look, I only need one thing. Because I'm going to be traveling tonight. All I'm going to have is me. I'm not going to have all this presentation board. I'm not going to have a laptop. I'm not going to have a tablet. It's just going to be me. And I probably have about 20 seconds to talk to him. And I'm going to bring what I have learned all my life and put it in 20 seconds, one-third of a minute, and I'm going to get off up here. And that one-third of a minute, I'm going to tell them, you know what, brother, I supported you and I love you, and you don't know me, and you don't know me for man of the moon. And I'm going to keep on loving you, whether or not you do me this one favor or not. But here's my card. You can throw it away, but I promise you, brother, you, I'm going to pay back and I will always give you the honor and respect for helping me. If you just mention my business in one of your episodes, um, or if I have to pay my own way, I come out and just take a part, and I can wear one of my own shirts in one of your episodes of Last OG. Or if I come to one of your comedy shows and you make fun of me and point me out, and I can promote my business, I'll get there. But I just need you to help me. I think he'd do it. And I can't I can't say that he would or wouldn't, but I'm gonna put all that little thing I just told you. I can say I can say it in twenty seconds. Probably a short commercial. And it is possible to make it. everybody knows me, knows my ultimate goal is to reach fifty seven million and beyond that if I can. Um, 57 million. Don't you think it's possible with a boost from a person like that? I mean, there's other people. I know y'all got people you're probably thinking of that you're less than six degrees of separation from. I'm not afraid to ask. That fear part is no longer in me. And that's my last point um, of the night. And, 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 and when we talk about fear, it has no place when you're trying to get somewhere. So what if you step off the ledge and it's a slippery, excuse me, a slippery slope, and next thing you know, you slip and you fall down the mountain a little bit. If you don't die, you all the more better. Let's see here. What's sunshine? My girl, sunshine says blessings, favor, receiving, and believing in agreement. Hey, um. All those, all that might be a risk to some. It, 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 it's a risk to me, but I know this much. It's no fear. All the man can do is lie to me and say, yeah, brother, I got you. 
Or he can say the truth if he's not going to do it. It's like, man, I can't do that. I get that all the time. And I'm be like, man, I still love you, man. I shot my shot, and I don't know who else I'm going to come across. That's what I'm going to tell him. I don't know who else I'm going to come across that I believe can get me towards my goal in life. But just because you can't do it don't mean I don't love you any less. We got to stop hating folks just because they don't do something that we expect to call it love. Right? Everybody don't love the same. Maybe if he denied me, that's what I need at that moment because I ain't going to give up. Why would I give up? Because one person said no to me. That's fear. That's intimidation. You can't have any fear out here. Yes, coronavirus is real. I am not fearful of the coronavirus. I'm fearful of what it could do to me being diabetic, hypertension, high cholesterol, arthritis. Uh, what else I got? Shit. Um, I guess I don't have anything else, but you get it. The point is, is um, you cannot go around here missing opportunities to be better. These opportunities are for a reason. And we can't sleep on them. We cannot sleep on opportunities. We got to take every one of them, lockstep, and just be like, okay, okay, I missed that one. Here's another one. Now, here's the thing. The big opportunities. I wish I could draw it. But imagining three, almost like the Olympics, but imagine three, three overlapping circles, one, two, and a third one up here. And for all three of those circles, they all touch um, at the same time in certain places. But there's only one, like right there in the center of the three, like a triangle, that they all touch at the same time, at the same speed, and, 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 and the same inside the circle. All the other ones are on the edge. I wish I could show you, but that's the, that's the image in my mind that I always try to place myself. I'm trying to inch myself towards the opportunity that when the window comes, I'm going to be ready to jump, and then I'll forever be traveling in all three of those circles. All three of those circles for me are mind, body, and spirit. And if I'm able to do things with my thoughts, and then my physical body is able to position itself in this world where it needs to be, and then my spirit is in tune with the universe and who I believe is the creator of the universe, then what else is there? <laughs> what else? Do tell. I'm, I'll wait if you can tell me anything better having an understanding, a knowledge of their own thoughts, their body, and their spirit. I'll wait. Because bank account comes with that. Relationships come with that. I, um, I've had the ability to draw people and push people away real easy my whole entire life. And to be honest with you, I, um, most of the time I do all of them on purpose both the drawing and the pushing. And if you think that you can 
you will. But if you keep coming up with doubt, that's fear active in your life. That is the enemy that is from the pits of hell getting in the way of your life. Doubt, misunderstanding, inconsideration, all those things get in the way of your life. And what I mean by your life, I mean your goal in life. Did you not know that fear can keep you out of afterlife? Your body can go into an everlasting state of rest and kind of be lost in limbo after you die. You can also resting to be prepared for coming right back to this this world just in a spirit body. And I know everybody doesn't believe in ghosts. I know ghosts sound crazy. I believe in ghosts. <laughs> And I don't care if y'all don't or not. I know ghosts are real. I believe in the Holy Ghost. I also believe my ancestors communicate to me. And people that have held similar mindsets and mind frames and positions that I've held in life that the people spoke to me. And I know that it's true because I asked other people who were in it for the same genuine reasons, and they told me, yeah, brother, we had them brothers, we had them brothers and sisters visit us too. And I'm not talking about people came in and sat in the room, we all around the table to see each other. I'm just talking about this. We, we all had the same thoughts and ideas, implemented things and strategies all over this country from different places and different backgrounds, not even knowing each other. And when we came together for our gathering every so often, we shared that, you know, hey, the same thing, and I'll ask them. I pull them aside and I say, Man, what made you really think of that? It's like, Man, it just hit me one time. I'm like, You know what? It did me too. But I'm gonna tell you this. And I said, Boom, boom, boom. And they said, Yep, I had the same experience. That right there is spiritual. And spirits, ghosts, whatever you want to call it, it's out there. A unified thought, if you will, and or a similar thought that travels in the the air, if you will. And people say, well, stuff doesn't travel in the air. Let me help y'all out when I talk about getting to the good part. I can pick up this phone right here in my hand, right? And I can call Sierra, Rika, Sunshine, Glenn. I can call uh, uh, Ronan, Tay. Uh, who else? Uh, who else is listening? Oh, I don't know. I can't see everybody. Y'all know I, one. I ain't got my glasses on. Kendria, I, I, if I had Pam, hey Pam, I didn't see you in that thing. Sorry about that, Pam. I didn't even see my girl, Pam. Hey Pam, um, I can call all y'all on this phone, and this phone ain't got no wire to it. So how does it get from this phone to you? It got to go through the air. You can't tell me there ain't energy in this air that we can't last on. I'm not going to give y'all too much of this man, but I'm going to tell y'all this. There's energy that you can lasso that's around you all the time. When you're feeling down, if you just tap in, there's energy all around you. It's spirit, it's radio waves, all this stuff is energy. 
I got a charger to this phone. The phone don't even have to be plugged in. It just sets on. It's one. It sets near it, and it starts charging. That's energy. If you can charge something, that's transferring energy. There's energy all around us. There's spirit energy all around us, and we don't tap into it. And I'm telling you, it's around you. Grief is one of the quickest ways to it. That's why I always invoke my dad. When I'm struggling, when I'm when I'm when I'm really not focusing on something, I start thinking about my dad. And I'll think about my dad, I'll think about my boy E. And y'all seen it time and time again on this show. Sometimes I my voice cracks. I I'm a man. I ain't gonna lie, I'm 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 ready to shed a tear because I get broken up about a lot of things even. I don't know why I done got so soft. But I, I break up about a lot of things that mean much to me, but I instantly go to thinking about was positive, and I take that tool I learned that in grief, I can transfer that energy of grief into the energy that I need that's more productive than grief, and I come out of my grief state, and I move right into things that are constructive and are business-minded and are going to help me out personally, and here I am on the other side of that episode. I don't care if you don't ever realize the good part, but I do hope and I do pray that you get to the greatness that you have in you. And I know that for some, good is the enemy of great. I read that book. It's a very good one. I need to reread it. Right now I'm reading the 12 12 Laws of Man. Let me see what that book is. Uh... Hey, don't make me cuss you. Y'all are almost said something that I shouldn't say on here that she almost got told. Um, where is that audio? Here it is. I want to get the name of this book right. I know that the author is Charles Fillmore. Let's see. Twelve Powers of Man. I haven't finished up the Queen V. You know what, this is a little too much for women, and I kind of lost it there. But I got a very good understanding.